Hey everybody and welcome to Metallicast, my friends of misery. I am the host of Metallicast, the Metallica podcast, and your fellow Metallica fan. My name is Brandon. Now you might be wondering, what is Metallicast, my friends of misery? Well, these are special episodes not hosted by me, the host. Uh, I have to take a step back from the podcast for a few months. For nothing bad, uh, actually happy stuff. I have a newborn at home, uh, but I have a newborn on top of uh, having a two-year-old, on top of having a full-time day job that pays the bills. So I got to just take a few months off, tend to my family, tend to my job, get in a new routine, figure out what the hell I am doing with myself and with two young kids at home. And my goal being that I will be back for a fourth anniversary celebration in December. And in the meantime, I've asked friends of mine to step in and guest host. And I've asked them, you know, do what you want to do. Share a personal Metallica story. Choose a Metallica topic that has not been covered yet by Metallicast. Whatever you want to do, do your thing. And I'm sure it'll be great. Uh, that 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 was all I asked them, and they were uh, several friends were kind enough to step in, step up, and help me out uh, during these few months because I did not want to go three months or so without providing any new content for all of you in the Metallicast Monday Show. So this is my way of giving you some new content while also being able to take a break and deal with the real world for a little bit. But like I said. I will be back, hopefully in time for the fourth anniversary. You can follow me on social media at MetallicastPod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I will be active on there during this whole time. Uh, So you can stay tuned to social media for more updates on my triumphant, epic return on my quest for world domination. But in all seriousness, a huge thank you to the guests. And please follow me on social and continue to interact with me in there. Otherwise, I'm really going to miss all of you. (laughs) myself is not gonna cry um but you know all good positive stuff and these will be episodes that if you like even after i return i would love to do more my friends of misery episodes where guests host come in and have free reign of the show i think that could be a cool thing down the road so let me know what you think of our guest host and of these special episodes of metallicast before we jump into the my Friends of Misery episode, I do want to give a huge thank you to Hector Castro, the man behind my favorite one-man band, Bison out of the UK. Check out the links in the episode description. Bison provides all the original music that you hear in this episode and all Metallicast episodes, including the epic Creeping Death introduction. Sorry, I just have to get as many James Hatfield impressions in as I can because I'm going to have a few months where... I'm not going to be able to do it, at least for all of you. Ooh, let me get Dave Mustaine one into. Ooh, yeah. All right. I think I got it out of my system. Oh, now I lied. Ooh. All right, now I think I got it out of my system. And now, here is Metallicast. My friends of misery. Yeah. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. Middle up your ass. Yeah.
Welcome to Metallicast. My name is not Brandon. It is Richard S. He. I am taking over, finally. I am one of Brandon's several friends of misery. And uh, today I'm here to deliver you probably the least timely, but I want to say one of the best discussions of the Metallica Blacklist. So uh, introducing my guest, metal journalist Chris Keelick. Chris, how are you? Oh, I'm I'm great, Richard. Again, this if this is my fault. I want to put it out there that it's it, it's my fault for for us waiting as long as we have. But he's absolutely right. I think it's going to be worth it. I I I promised him. I was really excited about doing this. You know, but as as life often does, it, it gets in mm-hmm. the way. But I'm glad we finally got to to sit down and really dissect this thing. And uh, shout out to Richard for uh, jumping ahead a little bit. He wrote an excellent uh, article on Metal Hammer, which you all should check out, uh, talking yeah. about his favorite tracks on the blacklist. Um, so great work on that. So I'm excited to to compare notes with you. Cheers. I would love to know what you've been up to in the last couple of months because you've been seeing gigs, you've been like interviewing bands and stuff, right? Yeah, I I I I was for for a good chunk of time. I was I was really neck deep in freelancing, and you're absolutely right. I have started to see see gigs again. I I went to the metal tour of the year not too long ago, which was the Lamb of God Megadeth tour that they did wow um i went to go see not fest roadshow as i believe it or not it was my first time seeing slipknot and it was mm. really a really special show really tons of fun and you know what's special about those two shows that i saw back to back pretty much is that all i all i did was spend 25 dollars on lawn seats because there's just oh something special about chilling out on the lawn you know hanging out with everybody <laughs> that's what i like unimaginable so, price in australia let me tell you yeah i have no idea <laughs> what it's like but i imagine it's probably probably you know every, everything is skyrocketed but i mean i guess it's okay because people are clamoring for for show so i guess they're selling out regardless but so i write it yeah. and then just recently i saw um gojira which was uh absolutely phenomenal they're and always great yeah. i really wanted to see them headline because this is probably going to be the last time i would imagine we get to see gojira headline because they're right on that cusp of they could headline an amphitheater probably if they wanted to they're kind of on that edge so Mm. I have been seeing gigs, but yeah, on top of that, I was doing a lot of freelancing and, 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 and writing for, you know, you can check out my stuff at distorted sound and at noisy N O I Z Z E, uh, two UK based metal magazines with excellent writers, really great teams. But I, I just felt like I was, I was in a little bit over my head. Like it, it started, it, it got to the point where I'm sure you've gone through this, where it doesn't oh, yeah. start to feel as fun as it used to, mm. where it's like, you're doing so much of it and you're, you're, you know, I have a nine to five day job. Yeah. You know, I get off my nine to five, I hop on the couch or the bed and I, you know, immediately go into start writing or listening to something. And when kind of all I want to do is just, you know, veg out a little bit or take a walk with my wife or mm. something like that. So when stuff builds up like that, it doesn't start to feel as fun as it used to. So I, I kind of needed to take a step back and just kind of spend more time with her and mm. just kind of decompress a little bit and, and take, take some, take some action for some self-care but I'm I'm back. I'm feeling invigorated, um, and uh, yeah, just working on my mental health. You know, it's always very important. Absolutely, to do that. And, we all uh, are. It, hopefully, yeah, yeah. So hopefully, everybody out there. Uh, trust me, it's just because you know we think the pandemic is kind of, sort of coming to mm. an end. You know, it's still kind. We're still kind of in the throes of it in a lot of ways, and it's still difficult. And the adjustment period is like one of the hardest things. I think. Just yeah, because, I like, agree. going back out into society and mingling and everything, like, it's just kind of overwhelming, you know? I, it is, you know, and, you know, we spent so much time on social media. I mean, social media has always been 
you know, this kind of love-hate relationship with mm. me. You know, I, I love staying informed and I love following all the bands and artists I love on social media, but I am someone who definitely falls into the mental trap of comparing my life to a lot of other people's lives and feeling left behind or feeling like I'm not doing enough or feeling like, you know, you've, I'm sure we all have had the feeling before and uh, we've spent so much time on social media because of being stuck inside for so long yeah. with, with the pandemic. It, it kind of only really made things worse. So again, I, I, I really wanted to stay, take a step back on some digital fronts as well and kind of like detox a little bit from, from some totally. of that stuff. And uh, it helped a lot. And uh, again, I'm kind of attacking mental, my mental health from all issues, all sides, I should say. Mm. And um, feeling better, you know, and still Beautiful. always a work. It's a lifelong work in progress, but that was kind of the explanation for my, my, my long delay. But I did get to listen to the blacklist kind of stretched out through that period of time. Whereas you, I think mm. kind of digested it in a much kind of shorter chunk of time. I kind of spread it out over a, a couple weeks to months. Yeah. It's funny because like, to me, that kind of sounds like the ideal way to process 53 tracks, you know? Yeah. But yeah, I'll tell you about how I went about pitching this article I did. So yeah, I got in touch with Metal Hammer. I was like, hopefully, you know, I'm one of the few uh, people crazy enough to actually want to try and rank all 53 songs. So we got in touch, like, hey, you know, they went, hey, we'll send you the promo, like an advanced stream. I got that like probably two weeks before the album came out. And right. then I kind of sat on it because I was like, yeah, I want to have plenty of time. You know, I can listen to like three cups a day until it comes out over. I, you know, don't have a deadline uh, that's too tight. And then they switched editors. And so in the miscommunication, I realized that I actually had to file my blacklist piece on the day it came out. So pretty much <laughs> oh, I woke up on that day, um, probably like 8 a.m. or something. And I was like, okay, so my deadline, because they're based in the UK, my deadline is going to be like 2 a.m. or something for right. me the next day. That's so right. I'm there like, is a, big, a weird, that we had to kind of calculate the weird time difference. Yeah. But yeah, that's another weird time shift. Yeah, so, um, yeah, I was aiming for, like, morning their time, I think. So I was like, I'm going to divide my day up into hours and see how many tracks I have to do per hour in order to get this done. (laughs) And and also see, like, I probably listened to half the tracks at that point and the other half I hadn't. So I was, like, going out, getting coffee, had, like, my promo app uh, streaming every song, mentally taking notes, um, got back and I was like, okay, well, actually I've sort of been preparing for this my whole life because it is the Black Album. I've talked about covers. The only new information is like, you know, how good they are and also a little bit of background. So Mm -hmm. I went and like, I listed everything. I ranked every, I ranked all the covers like by the individual song. Right. I was going to say, were you listening like, were you listening by like, all the inner Sandman ones, all the same ones. Like, were you, were you going like in the album order? Or were you skipping around to just kind of wherever it was just going sequentially? Pretty much album order. Yeah. So I, I would rank them within the composition and then I'd rank them within the overall like 53 song track list. Right. Um, okay. Which is a bit galaxy brain, but it works because um, that way I ended up with a ranking that like I'm very, like very solid on still like two months later, yeah. which is good. So, right. yeah, I I actually got it in on time, which blows my mind. 
So we had the complete opposite experience, which is very yeah, funny re- to me. And it was really good too. Like I would never have guessed that you were under such a time crunch for it. Like it was really <laughs> well thought out. Everybody go read it. It's really great. And I hope to see more from you with them because that'd be uh, cool. Yeah. It was it was it was a lot of fun. And uh hmm. I uh yeah, mine was again, yeah, exact opposite. So <laughs> during this time I was like maybe doing like one song like every like couple days and like or or one or two songs every couple of days and just kind of like letting it permeate my brain for a while amidst everything else that was going on and 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 uh i mentioned this before we started but you know kind of towards when i was like okay i think i'm ready to kind of solidify this and let's do this podcast finally i kind of went back and i was like well maybe i should go back and just maybe not like go through everything again but like at least like hear a little bit of everything just to see if something Mm. else jumps out and see if something changes if my mind had changed or and uh, I mean, I felt like I, I had a pretty good baseline at first, but I think there was a, a pretty decent amount of change from kind of digesting it slowly over okay. that long period of time to kind of coming back at the end and being like, all right, let me double back and see, you know, if there's something else that's speaking to me, you know, that I, that I think deserves to to supplant something that I had before. So, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to, to kind of, again, compare notes with you and uh, give the best of the best here, our best of the best. Yeah. Um, here is where I admit that, well, we're not going to talk about all 53 tracks. We could, but we're not going to, but um, even, even I have to admit that I have not sat down and listened to the whole album in sequence. Like I've seen reviews that talk about the fact that you can't do that and that kind of penalize it for that, which I think is not really the point. I think this is a, a compilation that would never have been released like 20 years ago. Like, I mean, I mean, maybe 20 years ago, but like never in like the analog age, you know, like the whole point is that you're supposed to make playlists out of it. Exactly. And, you know, uh, we, we, again, we were talking before, I just want to give a, I really want to commend the band for doing this project mm. because I've been clamoring for so long. You know, there's so many think pieces and so many articles about like, why, wh- wh- when is heavy metal and rock going to get its place at the table again? Like when are going to, we, when are we going to recapture the, the glory of the, the eighties or the new metal days when metal was up there with, when Lincoln park was being listened to just as much as Christina Aguilera and they were mm. mingling on, on uh, MTV yeah, and yeah. everything. And I think I truly believe that collaboration and uh, like features, you know, in metal and, and crossover between AAA pop stars and, you know, big, big and small metal bands, but obviously there's probably more of a chance for the big metal bands to, for, for it to happen for them. But, that's the way forward. Like as, when this first came out, when one of the first singles dropped was the Miley Cyrus cover of nothing else matters. Yeah. Like, that's exactly what I've been waiting for, for like all this time. That's exactly how kids are going to you know, start listening to stuff again, because Gen Z, you know, that generation sets the tone. Like that age group will always set the tone for like what is popular and what's going to have the most mainstream exposure. And, mm. you know, we need to metal bands, you know, the I think some of the best and smartest metal bands like Bring Me the Horizon uh, recognize that, and they're constantly shifting and constantly evolving their sound and constantly getting involved with AAA pop artists or even artists like Jarris Johnson, who is like a uh, he's kind of like a Nickelback. It's like Nickelback meets mm. kind of trap. Uh, it, it's it, he's really interesting. If you haven't heard of him, check him out. He's he was a big on TikTok for a while, but. Stuff like that. When the Miley Cyrus cover came out, I was like, that's exactly what metal needs to, to bring it back in the spotlight. And I'm so glad that uh, they just did this with so many big artists and also 
lifting smaller bands on their shoulders and sure. getting a lot of exposure to smoke so many di- and diverse too. I want to, you know, emphasize this is a really diverse mm. group of artists and bands at play here, you know, uh, races, countries, uh, sexualities, I assume I'm sure. Yes, definitely. Uh, and that's lovely. I like that's, that's more of what, and that's also more of what we need in metal, it, not less. We need more of more mm. collaboration and more exposure and more diversity for sure. And Metallica seems to have embraced that wholeheartedly, and I respect them all the more for it. And uh, well done, bravo, bravo! I will give one quick overall thought on the blacklist, which is I remember, you know, as the singles were, you know, dripping out like week by week, I was like, this is sort of getting better and better. It's not that every song is like mind blowing or is going to change your life, but to me, the overall scope of the project just makes so much sense. It just works on every level for me. And like, there have been those cynics who, you know, the ones who think Metallica sold out with the black album and who were like, this is the worst cover album ever. But, you know, I, once I listened to the whole thing, I'm like, I was like, this is, this might be the best cover album ever. Honestly, like it spans so much. Um, Even like the highs are incredible and there are a lot of them. Um, yeah, exactly. The lows are okay, and but even so, like just the overall project puts all of it into such a like fascinating context that like how can you not find something to like? You know, even if you uh, like the most stubborn metalhead, you're gonna like the Volbeat cover or mm. something. You know, so something yeah. for everyone. Lots of ground covered. I, I totally agree with you. I yeah. I don't think I think there's maybe like only one or two of 53 tracks that I was actively like, nope, this isn't for me. Like, yeah, this isn't really resonating. But like everything else, I could everything else I pulled something out of that I that I really found striking to some degree. You know, on, on different levels, mm. not striking in the sense of like this is a top ten on the on the ranking, but something that I was like, okay, like I really appreciate that they went in this direction or that they you know, morphed this or deconstructed this song in this way. I never would have thought to do that. Mm. You know, if I was an artist, which I'm not, but (laughs) but so many different ways that I, you know, I wouldn't have never even conceived to kind of take a certain direction. And that's a, that's a completely different kind of respect. Like I don't necessarily have to think it's, you know, a a top 10 for me personally, but I can absolutely respect like, again, like five, six of the artists on, on this covers project for taking the direction that they did because, Again, mm. so many interesting uh, interpretations and so much interesting in- instrumentation and mm. uh, really wonderful structuring. And yeah, I, I, I agree with you. I, the highs were really high and the lows, again, not many of them. And just a few that, again, not even really, I would consider it a general low, just really a not for me. Totally. Anyway, we have decided to assemble our ideal 12 song album as in 12 compositions uh, one cover for each composition maybe we'll do a bonus track at the end or something we'll see yeah that sounds fun let's do that that sounds fun let's jump into it so starting with enter sandman are you sick of hearing enter sandman yet (laughs) oh man i don't know if i i don't know if i'll ever truly get sick of hearing it maybe you know i I guess not i mean I, i don't think i'm truly sick of hearing it. i think it's there's a power in something like that in a song like that, that just never kind of loses its potency for me. I think mm. it's just always, it always gets my blood up whenever I hear it. And uh, yeah, this one, this, 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 the first track being the first track and obviously the most iconic song 
mm-hmm. uh, being one of the first two singles that was released. I think the Juanes, uh, the yes. Juanes cover was one of the first two that they released as well. Um, again, they, 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 this needed to be the, this was the kind of tone setter track for, you know, me starting off. Cause I did listen sequentially. Like I didn't, I didn't skip around. I did kind of listen at, even though it was spaced out. I did start from enter Sandman and go all the way to struggle within. Um, so this was kind of my, I was like, all right, this is going to set the tone. I don't really, I didn't really know what to expect because unlike you, I had not listened to the singles as they were coming out. I kind of right. wanted to wait until the whole thing was out because I wanted to just hear it. I, I wanted everything in front of me so I could compare and kind of pick and choose what I liked. So this was going to be the tone setting track for me. And like, okay, we're going to, this is going to tell me what I'm in for here. So, but no, I don't think it ever gets old. Uh, mm. Even after this still feel the same way. Totally. I think in Australia, I don't think we had the same like relationship to the song that you guys have with like all the sports kind of right, usage right. of the song. But um, yeah, I mean, it was the first Metallica song I heard. I still, I mean, I think I've like reconnected with it because, you know, everyone goes through that kind of phase mm. where they're like, oh, you know, we got to listen to heavier stuff. It's got to be more brutal. But every time I loop back to Enter Sandman, I don't, I wouldn't say that I hear it anew, but I, I still appreciate how cool it is and how yeah. like straightforward it is and how, honestly, like how weird it is as a composition, you know? Yeah, it has like it's, a sixty-second yeah. intro. It's five minutes long. No radio edit. Yeah, it's like, basically, it like layers on itself. Yeah. like you know where they like they build the riff. Like it, the riff layers on itself. That's a unique tenet that I always liked about Entertainment. It's definitely not my favorite track off the Black album. No, it, yeah. I don't even know if it's in my top five. It probably is in my top five. But mm. uh, there is something about just the just the just a riff like that that's so undeniable that just carries so much power forever and ever, and that you know that you can. Again, as we'll as we'll talk about, you can twist and bend and and do do so many different things with, but, yeah. but at its core, the structure of it and the way that it just is an earworm that burrows so deep into the bowels of your brain, it, just, <laughs> yeah. it awakens that primal that primal need to just kind of throw something or totally drive your car fast. Like <laughs> I I think that's a universal that's touching on something that uh, again I think that's why it never gets old because it mm. it touches on that deep that animal brain, the lizard brain. And that's what the song is about. Like that part of your childhood brain that still feels mm-hmm. fear, even if you're an adult, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's kind of like, it's like all the best fairy tales, how they're kind of dark, you know, not the Disney versions, but like the Hans Christian Anderson versions and stuff. It's like how kids sort of process the fact that the world is scary. Yeah. It's is like by reading all- those fairy tales and like yeah, listening every, to every scary like thing you've ever been afraid of guess what it's real like yeah <laughs> welcome to adulthood like it's not going away like it, there, there's a there's you think you're scared of stuff when you're a child like mm. <laughs> when you grow up it gets even worse it gets scarier <laughs> and it's not just at nighttime too so but but yeah that's the way i always peered into that song so you might as well put a sick riff under it that's, yes exactly 100 yeah. percent. can't go wrong with a sick riff in anything yeah so do you have any lowlights or honorable mentions for this one? Just because there are, what, six? One, two, three, four, five, six. I can count. Yes. Here's the thing. I, 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 I will say this. I think, the, I think the, the detriment to this one was not necessarily a lowlight. It was a lot of sameness. I totally. think for this one, a lot of people played it safe. Like, uh, I think, surprisingly, I think the Mac DeMarco version played it pretty safe. I don't think he did too much with that. That was too 
different. It's a fun, fun and goofy one for me, but yeah, I wouldn't choose to listen to it. No, no. it didn't. It didn't. You know, after you know, hearing the first two singles, and I think, it, and the Juanes one was fine. Again, yeah, uh, it was fine. That's how I would categorize it. He, um, but after, know, he used to be in like a thrash metal band in the early nineties. Oh, I didn't know that. That's wild. Um, he, yeah. So one is, if you don't know, he is like one of the biggest and most consistent like Latin rock stars. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've heard a little bit about him. I know him yeah. only because uh, he had a, he had a couple songs on um, rock band actually is how I oh, found true. out about him. For that. So, but I did a little bit of research on him. Yeah. I know he's really big in like the Latin world for sure. Hmm. But yeah, he he was in a thrash band in the I think early nineties, cool. and well, they that makes walked a lot into of sense, a hard rock band. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense in why he's on this project. So I think his was fine. Yep. Um, and same with Weezer, like it's fine. Like, I, I was it on there? I think it was on their Teal covers album that they did this version. No, 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 no. This is a new one. It wasn't. Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm mistaken then. But it, I think I think I feel I think I bring that up because I feel about their cover of Enter Salmon is about how I felt about that album, where all the covers they did on there. Mm. their teal record they were fine but nothing really yeah. blew me away like they played it pretty safe and you know i think that's that was the thing with with this track out of all the songs is that most most of the bands played it pretty safe even ghost like i really enjoyed the ghost the mm. ghost track but i mean i think we would both agree that it's it's not like a mind-blowing different cover of it there's definitely flourishes in there and things that tobias did that i really think are cool little accentuations on enter sandman but i don't think it 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 wasn't when i i'll say this when i heard uh miley cyrus's vocals which was the other single and nothing else matters i was like that's more of what i'm looking for when i go into this covers album i want i want that pop sensibility i want i want someone to play with the feel the feeling of the the feelings i get when i i Mm. listen to these songs and uh, so, yeah, I think that was the only detriment for Enter Salmon was not low lights, but sameness. Sure. I'll say that I, I kind of came in with like, I mean, very often the most fun covers are like the total reinventions, right? But I came in not necessarily needing that. Um, to me, sometimes a great cover just feels like really comfortable, you know? Okay. Um, and sometimes it's a reinvention. But yep. um, I guess jumping into it, I'll give honorable mentions so weezer i like that one a lot more than the other covers they've done lately okay for some reason like uh weezer like they started life before the i mean before they did the blue album before they became famous like they were kind of like a poppy like avant-garde metal band almost so like rivers cuomo he has those influences so i could really hear like both the pop and the metal in their version like, again, it is sort of Weezer karaoke, but because it's them doing it, to me, it had kind of this, like, cool, maybe more melodic feel than the original, even if it's not that different. Okay. So yeah, that, I definitely... That was probably, like, I, my, I most, my most controversial uh, ranking, because I think I put that top 20. It went from lower to, like, top 20. But I respect that. I respect the <laughs> hell out of you for it. Hmm. Um, what else? So, the Alessia Cara and the Warning one, I quite yes. liked. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. I like that very much as well. Because um, I think The Warning are like a Mexican all-girl trio, and they went viral maybe like five, six years ago with a more straightforward cover of Salmon. But here they get Alessia Cara, who's like an R&B singer, 
to they do kind of like this weird cinematic cover that really deconstructs the song. Like they don't play the main riff at all until the very end. And at right. the end they do it in like a Rage Against the Machine kind of way, which is really cool. I agree. And the another thing about the warning, I, I, I another rock band connection. I think they also have a couple tracks on, on rock band as well, which is how mm. I, I found out about them. So I was a little familiar with them going in, but um, yeah, I, I really liked that cover a lot. I really, I wanted, I wanted to hear, I think I, I, I may have come in with preconceived notion that I wanted to hear more female yes. voices on this record. I, I, re, I really, I was really going in, maybe it was because of the Miley cover, but I really wanted to hear more female voices. And I was really hoping that a lot of the female led tracks would be the standouts Mm. um on this because i really i wanted a completely different i wanted that kind of pop flavor for for a lot of these and again wanting that kind of collaborative or uh crossover kind of feel and so yeah that was the first one and it it had her voice alessia caro's voice definitely uh had that tone to it and Mm. obviously uh the there's another track on here, which is the one I picked, but that that supplanted it for its sheer kind of uh, awesome dance hall anthemness. Mm. Uh, but my other, I, I will list Ghost as my other honorable mention. I, I love Ghost; they're a wonderful mm. band. I've seen them multiple times. Um, I think Tobias Forge is an extremely talented and pop pop focused mind as a songwriter. I really think he's got a great pop sensibility. A really talented guy, um, and there's. The thing I loved about the cover, aside from like the really slow kind of ghostly, no pun intended, mm-hmm. uh, phantasmic opening that they that they do for that version is there's a lot of really amazing piano flourishes. It's so good on, on a ghost version, and I love that. I I love the piano. Like, give me more of that. That that alone uh, elevated that song. Uh, a lot to me and uh, made that an honorable mention and it would have been my pick uh, had uh, the other one not been on there which I'm sure we'll talk about so I'm going to jump in and say yeah Ghost is my pick for Inner Sandman Um, okay reason being there's just something about the atmosphere and like the gravitas to Ghost that I think really works for this song like again it's not as big a reinvention as the one I'm sure you have picked but something about it just feels Right. It feels eerie. It feels like they're summoning the Sandman, but in a fun, almost like yeah. ABBA kind of way, you know? <laughs> they are they are dark ABBA. They are spooky ABBA. That's, totally. that's real, that is literally how I categorize Ghost. I, I 100% agree with you. It's theatric. It's bombastic. It's operatic. It's, mm. it's, it is their, it's their live show. If you've ever seen their live show, it's their live show encapsulated in a song. And uh, yeah, I totally. agree with you. That, again, it it was only it was edged out for me. It was very close. Mm. This was one that I was like, I it was uh, on the scale. The scales could have gone either way. Yeah, um, but yeah, my my last thought is that for me, like again, we've all heard Enter Sandman a thousand times. I think mm-hmm. in the near future, like when I have that craving to hear Sandman, I'm going to substitute Ghost in. You know, oh, yeah, it's not. It's not a question of better or worse. It's just like, it's so good that I want to listen to it over and over. Absolutely. This, that will definitely be on heavy rotation for me as well. I'm with you 100% there. They go, I mean, I, there, are, there is a video I know out there. I mean, Ghost has opened for Metallica and I, I can't remember which tour it was. It was one of their, their on the hardwired, on the worldwired tour. I can't remember what, if it was the European 
dates, some of the dates, Ghost was an opener. And I know James Hetfield is a big fan of Ghost because there's a video of him at a Ghost concert. There's a video of him like in the uh, rehearsal room playing the riff from Cerise, like messing around mm-hmm. with it and playing it. So I know he's a big admirer of Ghost. So it's no surprise that they're on here. And yeah, totally agree. Definitely heavy rotation for me as well. Your number one. So my number one, uh, we've kind of whittled it down. The only one left that we haven't mentioned is the, uh, the Rina Sawayama uh, cover of Enter Sandman, which was really, really, uh, it just put a big grin on my face when I heard <laughs> yeah. it. She turned it into an absolute dance hall anthem. Uh, it's ex- that's exactly what it is. Uh, if you watch like the visualizer video for it that, they, that she's put on YouTube, it's this really, you know, cool pulsating black and red reminds me of like leather and blood it's like the cl- it reminds me of like the club the vampire club scene from like blade 2 kind of vibes in that yes. visualizer so th- that's kind of like it's i mean that's kind of what i picture when i listen to her version it's got this like throbbing pulsing dark sexy energy mm. to it that i really really dug and again i really kind of was craving that uh complete flip from rock to pop um on on a lot of these tracks i didn't necessarily get it and what came necessarily wasn't that that turned out to be the best one for a lot of these but in this one it was it was exactly kind of what i wanted and it delivered and she's got a wonderful voice um i know i i I, I need to i need to listen to more of her material because i'm 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 a little familiar with her stuff because she's been getting a lot of press lately and a lot of her her um stuff is kind of out more in the mainstream covered mm. by a lot of outlets, but no, this was, uh, this was a lot of fun. I, I love fun. Like yes. just like the ghost one was fun for you. This was also, uh, equally fun in a completely different way. Uh, I, I just love, again, it's a dance hall banger. It's an anthem. Uh, it's all those adjectives that I, I said. And for that reason, uh, it gets my first pick and voice is also incredibly important to me. I, I think yes. I've discovered this, the, the older I get, like even in even if i'm listening to like metal metal like you know death metal or anything like that the timbre of someone's voice is actually incredibly important to me i found mm. out like i will i will listen or not listen to like someone screams if the timbre is not pleasing to my ears um and i just think she's got a a, a wonderful voice uh and so she really elevated the track with with her voice the production was super slick uh loved it it's every it's your dark gothic spooky banger that uh yes i really i really wanted so that's my number one sick i think it's very cool of her to like raise the key but also lower the guitar riff at the same yes. time the you know? key change mm. we have to talk the key change i agree yeah. like that goosebumps i got goosebumps yeah. when the, I, I usually get goosebumps when key changes happen because i'm a big dragon force fan you can't listen <laughs> of to course a dragon you, force song. You, yeah. you can't listen to a dragon force it's not a real dragon force song unless they key change the last chorus so mm. i always love a good key change so i agree um yeah love it it's like a little bit mad max a little bit ramstein a little bit lady gaga even i love that description yeah so if you're not familiar with rena sawayama um, she is a, a Japanese via UK singer. And so okay. her whole thing is like, she's very inspired by like the Y2K era of music. So, so she throws back to like that era of pop, but also new metal. Like she has a song called STFU. That's like full on like dissonant new metal riff. Wow. Um, that's awesome. 
Yeah. And for me, like, I think, I think for me, she's a little bit more style over songwriting at the moment yet. Like, I don't think she's gotten a hundred percent there, but she's like incredibly cool. And her debut album, Sawayama, very worth a listen. Like the first song is full on Evanescence, which is not something oh. that anyone else in pop is doing right now. They know so. more. They know more. Yeah. It's going on my my listening list, which is already way too long and I'm already yep. so behind. But absolutely, I, I definitely, you've, you've doubled my interest. So I will absolutely give that a listen. And she's, she's earned, more than earned it with uh, cracking out this cover, which is, uh, again, just pure joy. So... Highly recommended to everybody to check it out. Excellent. Moving on. Sad But True. This for me is a song that has always been kind of uncoverable to me. And the reason is because Metallica just nailed the arrangement so perfectly the first time. Like every single drum hit is perfectly on point to me. It's so precise. Guitar tone, like you can't beat it. Um, And it's like, if you're going to cover it, then how the hell are you going to live up to that arrangement? You know? Exactly. This is this is the metalhead's song. Like this is the metal. Yeah. This is like the metalhead song on the Black Album. And I was I was watching a video about. I think Revolver did it. They asked a bunch of uh, artists what the what they thought the heaviest riff was. And mm. this would be my pick. I mean, if they asked me, my my pick for the heaviest riff. Like, I don't even think about. Like, I don't even go to like death metal or you know, I don't go to any more extreme subgenre. I go to sad but true. I think this is totally one of if not the heaviest riffs ever written like i don't know i don't think there is any person who hearing the original riff of this song would not at least slightly bob their head even the most stoic exactly. cannibal corpse fans <laughs> would slightly nod their head and you know you've gotten through when they slightly nod their head so 100 percent. I, I agree with you i think because the, because i never thought this song could be covered in, unless it was by another metal band like i don't hmm. think the song could have been covered unless it was by another metal band because of the fact that this is like the metalhead song on the album. Um, right. but, but I will say, I told you before we started recording, there were two, I'll, I'll say three, but two main songs that were big positive surprises for me. Hmm. Like very big positive surprises. And Sad But True is one of them. Sad But True is one of the very, like, I was blown away by how, how surpri- positively surprised I was by the, the quality of the covers for this. Beautiful. Um, I am not going to talk about all of them, but I'll just give one right. honorable mention, which sure. is the cover by YB. And so YB, I'd not heard them before. Um, okay. Actually, I remember, yeah, when I first saw the Blacklist track list come out, I think I counted like how many artists I had like heard of. And I think it was like two thirds or something, which is a lot. Somehow it means I'm doing my job. <laughs> but YB were not one of them. So they are, yeah. I believe, South Korea's biggest rock band, like traditional rock band. Oh wow, um, that's so cool! I, I love that I'm learning too. See, I'm learning. We're yeah. all learning today, guys. Totally. And so this cover really has like a swagger to it. Well, firstly, it has like yeah, cool vocals, rock star swagger, but also it's faster, and like that should not work, especially if you're doing like a poppy hard rock cover of sad, but true of all things, but right. it just does. It just grooves. It's like Queens of the stone age or something. Yeah. That's a, that's a cool comparison. The others, again, there, there was not, I don't think there was a single cut from this particular track on the black album of the covers. I mean, uh, that I was unhappy with that. Mm. I, that I didn't think was 
good to at least great. Um, yeah, I totally agree with you. That 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 was. I, I don't think that's in my top three, but that's mm-hmm. def- again nothing was beyond nothing was below good for me. Like I I if, if I was going to go through quick honorable mentions, St. Vincent cover is great. The Jason Isbell cover is great. But I got to give a special shout out to the Mexican Institute of Ooh. Sound, uh, featuring Perla and Gera MX. Didn't know anything about them, but had so much fun <laughs> listening to it. Like I, I had a blast listening to that cover. Yes. Uh, again, that pure kind of fun essence, just like cutting to the core of like why we love that song. It's it's just a lot of fun, and I you could feel the the what I loved about it was you could feel the joy and the energy in in the the instrumentation and in their performance hmm. and that that was that was uh again i had a big smile on my face listening to it so special shout out to them because again what i love for metallica or what i loved about that metallica did was elevating a lot of these artists that a western audience probably wouldn't get exposed to so hmm. who knew that that would be my second favorite of the of the list but here we are that version for me is one that almost shouldn't work it's almost like a joke remix but because it's like yeah, it's like a series of Latin style beats. So kind of like reggaeton leading yeah. that buka buka groove and like the sad but true riff over it and trumpets and stuff. But I don't know, it's just like, it's just raucous. I want to hear it like on a block yeah, party or something. Exactly. You know? the, bra- the brass the brass was a big a big thing for me that that really ele- that put it so high because exactly what you said, like it felt like a party. It felt fun. I felt the joy in the performance and... Uh, I, there's another track coming down the line that we'll talk about that's give me a similar kind of vibe. So I guess, I guess that's probably why I enjoyed it so much because it's probably those kind of, that kind of feeling that was really resonating with me at the time I, I chose this. And when I thought about it, I mean, it didn't really change. So I hmm. guess I, I'm just a guy who loves fun, Richard. Yes. I just love fun. Fun in metal so, is so underrated. Fun is fun in fun in metal is so underrated. I write it when in my writing, I write about fun all the time. Fun is an absolute don't let anybody tell you otherwise fun is absolutely a uh a, a, um what's the word i'm looking for like a a, a tenet you can use when yes. you grade music or when you when you review a record if you're not having fun then something's missing altogether so fun <laughs> should definitely be on your checklist for records and at least I think some of the time i think there's so many artists that people write off because they just they either forgot how to have fun or they forgot how much fun they had listening to them when they were younger 100%. or, or something is missing, but fun. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise fun and metal is absolutely. And a hundred percent something that should be there and something 100%. that's an important part of the scene. But anyway, yes, <laughs> I had fun with my number one. My number one is St. Vincent. She's one of my favorite artists. And um, yeah, she's like, how would I describe her? She's, Kind of like this weird art rock singer, songwriter, guitarist, a bit like David Byrne from Talking Heads kind of vibes. Right. And um, she she made a really cool 70s rock influenced album this year, but she's also always been influenced by metal. So she shouts out Tool and Dimebag a lot. And so this is the closest she's ever gotten done, uh, to doing proper metal. It's like she tunes all the way from D down to B, I believe. And... Um, Gives the whole, gives the song a kind of sexy, like, yes, like hot, like physically hot kind of vibe. It feels industrial. It's like 
Nine Inch Nails crossed with Prince yes. or something. It's like the it's like that throbbing drum beat from Closer is in like yes. the background over her over her guitar. That's I def I I was picking up with what exactly what you put down there as soon as you mentioned it because I wrote that down in my notes too. It has that like yeah. telltale heart throbbing, very very uh, dark industrial drum pulsing bass drum, which I loved. Yeah, and what I love about it really is she she doesn't have like. Uh, a heavy voice. She has a very airy yeah. voice, right? But she nails like the meanness in the lyrics. It, it's very biting. Yeah, yeah. It, she puts the uh, the D in BDSM, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. She is. She, it, it's it is very biting. It comes across as that kind of like sneering, sardonic. Yeah, like yeah, definitely kind of definitely a fuck you kind of. Thing, but but like uh but the the kind that cuts the deepest like not like yes. an angry fuck you but like it's the i'm not mad i'm just disappointed but, but, but that cuts so much deeper yes so that's the best way i can like describe it but you know what i'm talking about totally yeah i that that was that again everything was great for sad but true big big positive surprise loved it that was definitely in my top three for sure so i'm glad we're vibing on kind of on the same wavelength uh my number one um is the royal blood cover of sad but true and uh you're doing a great job uh introing these bands for listeners so i should probably be doing the same this is one that i can actually speak a little bit more on because i am more familiar with royal blood i i enjoyed their debut album when it came out i think it was 2015 their self-titled record um they are an english rock they were kind they kind of came out they're kind of in that i categorize them in that scene with like rival sons and um Oh, what's the other band I'm thinking? Like Dirty Honey, and uh, there's another band that kind of fits. They're kind of like yeah. that blues, the blues rock. I don't want to say Clutch because they're a little they're, heavier, but kind of in like that a, a in that realm. down muse almost. Yeah, a little bit, but definitely, definitely. I, I in that era, they came out in that era when a lot of those bands started to kind of get a little bit more popular. That kind of bluesy sound was in rock was 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 blowing up on alternative radio and on like mainstream rock radio. They were all over. Uh, my my local rock radio station at the time, which is how I discovered them. Um, mm. Their big song back then was like "Figure It Out." was a, was a popular one. Had a great riff to it, and I always really like. It's a duo, so it's I believe it's just uh, a drummer and a guitarist. Bass. Um, he plays uh, lead bass, I think. Oh, lead bass. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I was mistaken, uh, but I knew it was a duo, which I thought was really interesting, and they had such a big sound for being a duo, which I always admired. And mm. what I loved about this cover was uh first of all i had lost track of them over time i had after that debut record i hadn't really kind of gone back to that kind of stuff um just because my taste had kind of changed and evolved since then but coming back to them and hearing this cover um the most important thing about sad but true for me is the riff it is the guitar Mm. and the guitar that the tone that they used for this song it was so fuzzy and grimy and and uh gritty and it had a wavering stuttering quality to you know the you know where where they hold that note before they launch before the drum goes into the before it launches into the verse the the, like the main riff the verse where they hold it uh they he makes the guitar like stutter and waver like and like sputter and it's it feels like a shitty guitar that's just gonna like crap out at any second but it's so uh-huh. crunchy like you dug it up out of a some some thrift store but it has this naturally grimy crunchy sound that i just love so much in it it carried so much weight to it 
And I guess this was kind of one where you, <coughs> where you were saying earlier that you admire uh, a cover that just feel that, that sometimes does feel in line with the original song. And this one, it carried a lot of weight, just like the original one carries a lot of weight. Um, and I think, I think even more than his voice, which was extremely solid. And I think he did a great job vocally on the track, but that's not really what I was looking for. I was really looking for someone to kind of who understood the power of that riff and could kind of capture it in a slightly different way. And I think they did sure. a great job with that. Yeah. Um, this one, yeah, it didn't rank super high for me, but I think, yeah, if you're, if you're a Royal Blood fan, it's exactly what you're looking for, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. They yeah, picked I, the right song to cover as well. It was all about the, yeah, for me, it was all about the riff. Um, it was all about kind of someone who kind of could, could capture that in a different way. And I, I think they succeeded. And I, I'm a sucker for a good fuzzy, crunchy guitar tone. And I love, again, I love, I love little moments in songs, like the piano thing yeah. we were talking about in the ghost track. I love the little stutter, the waver. Yes. Uh, before the before launching into the verse. So if anybody listens to it, uh, keep a keep a sharp ear out for that. I think uh, it's it'll get more rewarding the more you kind of pick apart his guitar work in that song. Beautiful. Moving on, holier than thou. For me, this has always been one of the more underrated tracks on the Black Album. Mm-hmm. And Brandon and I, we already did a full episode <laughs> on it. We already dissected the lyrics, which are kind of funny. You know, Hetfield talking about crap and your brain is gelatin. Yeah. To me, that's part of the appeal, you know? Yeah. It's a, again, we're going back to fun. It is a, it's a fun, yeah. th- but this is the song I, that also is definitely the most, one of the most thrashy, you know, it's the most like throwbacky songs on the, on the record for sure. It's mm. definitely underrated. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's among the heavier tracks. It's the first half of the record, which is all, it's the banger half of the record, which is like all the really iconic most of the iconic tracks on the first on the first half, but it's definitely the heavier of the two sides. Um, it's quick, it's punchy, um, and that's what I love about it. Like I love that it's short. I love that it's punchy. You know, Metallica as they've gotten as you know, I shouldn't say as they've gotten older because they were they were writing eight minute eight minute nine minute songs. You know, in the eighties too, but you know that, that's something that they've only continued to do is stretch out their their run times, their their track lengths. So I appreciate a good punchy three minute track. I like a good mm. poppy pop. I should say pop sequenced, like structured three and a half minute track like that. So yeah. I always appreciate it for that reason um, because I have a short attention span. Maybe it's the <laughs> ADHD. So yeah, who knows? But um, yeah, this one, this one was again kind of like Enter Sandman. Like uh, everything was pretty solid that I, for the for this track. Um, mm, there was definitely agreed. one standout, but yeah, everything was. Um, Everything was pretty solid, um, in the sense that, I, in, in the sense that everything was solidly good. Like there were no like tracks that I was like, I'm disappointed yeah, by that, or like I'm not, not really feeling that. Um, but there definitely was there was there was one re re rejigging, um, deconstructive track that I appreciated more than others. Mm. I'll say, in my opinion, so there are five cups of this. In my opinion, it's a two horse race. And I will give you my number one because I have a feeling you have you have the other one. So I picked Off. So Off, uh, they're like a hardcore punk supergroup. So their vocalist is the original singer for Black Flag, like before Henry Rollins. And so hardcore punk to me is like, it's like grindcore. It's like country music where it works or it doesn't. You know, it's all about the feel. It's 
what's comfortable and what sits in the pocket. And for me, this is just like perfectly instrumentated. It's raucous. It sounds like the Stooges. He yep. really nails the uh, the crap rolls out in your mouth again line. <laughs> and it ends yeah. on like this crazy dissonant breakdown with saxophones. Um, for me, this one, it might be better than the original. It might be like, okay. it doesn't, and we're going to get, we're, yeah, we're going to, we're t- I'm sure we're going to talk about this more as we go on, but this isn't going to be out of place folks. Like there may yeah. be some songs here that may supplant the original, the original black album tracks. And I don't think there are any songs on this album that like make the originals obsolete because they, they do have that tribute feel. It's not like, I mean, occasionally you run into a cover song that like completely attempts to dunk on the original, you know, mm. like my example for that is, um, I think it's Jared Dines who covered Headstrong by Trapped. Yes, you it that? is Jared Dines. I love that. I love that video. I saw the video for it. I love it. So that to me is like an insult cover. That's like, we're going to take your song and do it better than you. Make it exactly. more brutal and more bloody. That's exactly what hilarious. it was. Um, exactly, yes. I don't think anyone does that on the blacklist, but to me off, maybe this song should always have been a hardcore punk song. You know, I, yeah. And you know what? We're kind of on the same wavelength with this one too, because that was my runner up. Mm, that was, so. that was actually my runner, but it, it, it was a pure feeling thing for me. It was a pure energy thing. Like holier mm. than thou is one of the most rollicking tracks on the whole, uh, black album. And I think off did an amazing job just again, distilling something down to his essence, distilling that song down to what it is that it's essence, uh, just kind of a pure snot nosed, uh, rager. And I, mm. I appreciated that. And they die. And they, 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 you're right. They elevated that feeling like up to 11 with the genre that they play, which is a punk, which is like, you know, as punk as it gets. Mm. Um, so yeah, we were on the same wavelength. I agree. Like the, 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 the pure essence of the feeling of the song uh, made it my number two in the way that they, they captured that. Mm. So yeah, I guess I'll, I guess I'll roll into my number one and it's the Biffy Clyro yes. uh, cover of earlier than now. Um, just because, well, first of all, let me back up. Biffy Clyro is a Scottish, they're Scottish trio rock band. They're a, a rock trio from Scotland. Um, really big in the UK. I don't think they're, they, I, I, they're definitely not as big in the United States. I know this because I saw an ad for them playing like a club, like a couple hundred, you know, sized person sized venue in Buffalo, my hometown, not too mm-hmm. long ago. And I thought that was wild because. I know they're like massively huge. Like they, they headline download festival in, yeah. in the UK. Like they, they were headlining for one day and they've done it before, um, which is pretty incredible that they're, they don't, that the disparity between the United States and the UK, but um, they, they're a, a really powerful, again, trio from Scotland. But what I love about them is that they're, they're not afraid to play around and their, their records are, you don't really quite know what you're going to get with a lot of the records. I'm not super familiar with them, but the mm. songs I do have, I have a couple of them kind of spanning throughout their career and each one is so different from the next. And, uh, Oh, I wish I could remember the name of the singer again. I Simon Neal, Simon Neal. That's right. He, cause he does a lot of guest spots. He did a guest spot on the architects album that came out not too long ago. He's mm. again, he's all over a lot of like UK bands, uh, like does features and stuff. Um, but what I loved about this, cover was just how unexpected it was and how it just kind of subverted everything i thought that w- that whole that that they were going to do because i was like all right at, at their heart they're a rock band 
I figured they might try and maybe slow it down a little bit, but kind of like not play it safe, but kind of keep it in line with a lot of what Metallica did. But as soon as I heard the opening notes of his voice, I just knew I was going to be in for a ride. And the harmonies that they use on this are, it's dreamy. It's kind of ethereal, but still kind of powerful. And again, operatic going back to like the ghost song, but in a completely different way, just kind of, floating it gave it gave me that feeling of like floating on air which is so not what i think of when i think of especially the lyrics and uh, music to holier than thou mm. but uh, again voice is so important and the way he structured especially the harmonies in the song it was it was such a great hook like the you are part like the the you are like the, the those two notes it was such a, a hooky earworm for me that whole chorus was extremely well done um, and I have to give a lot of credit to them for totally giving, doing a, 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 reconst- a deconstruction of Holier Than Now, kind of building it back up in their, of their own way. And uh, it's shocking, but like in a really good way, shocking, like mm. totally not what I was expecting. And that's why it was my number one, because it made me feel good in a way that I was yeah. not expecting. <laughs> I, um, I really like the first half of this cover, which is a little bit more up-tempo but the yeah. second half when they take the main riff and turn it into pure doom metal just incredible stuff yeah blew my mind yeah it's like i wrote that um it almost feels like it's invaded the wrong song you know <laughs> yes it, it, it's, it is a tale of two two halves in a lot of it's ways it's quite alien which i think is really cool yeah the whole the whole track is uh is is like that it feels almost wrong not wrong mm. but like like this can't be right. Like, like what is going on here? Like, yeah. Like they're getting away with something that they, they shouldn't be getting away with, but they're, they're getting away with it. And it, you're liking it. It's like, it's so wrong. It's right. But, but it's pleasing. I mean, it's not wrong in the sense that it's dissonant. It's pleasing. But again, the way that they play it, especially in that first half, like you said, is not, it, it doesn't jive gel with what most people would go into thinking this yeah. song. It's not like the, it's not like the Corey Taylor cover, which mm. is very like kind of like the Enter Sandman stuff where it's like very safe, totally in line with the original spirit of the song. Mm. Um, the, it fits the lyric, his cover fits the lyrics. This is just kind of on another, on another plane, but I, I really like that they did that. So that's mm. why it's my number one. I went and listened to, so metal hammer did a podcast about the blacklist um, which I was not invited to be on. I wish as a freelancer. That's no. a bummer. <laughs> no, it's cool. Um, I love that I got to write it in the first place, but yeah. I think this was their consensus number one, actually. Might be the UK bias, but they were all over this. Probably. So. That, wouldn't su- that's, that wouldn't surprise me. I haven't gotten around to listening it. to that. But um, yeah, I know that, again, the, 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 their, the disparity between the United States and the UK, they're, they're mm. absolutely massive over there. So yeah. that wouldn't surprise yeah. me in the least, but I mean, the credit is credit where credit is due. They are a very talented group of guys. And I really like sure. the, the stuff that I had from them in the past. And they're one of those bands that again, on my listening list that I, I do want to eventually probably get around to, to checking out more of their stuff. So mm. moving on the unforgiven. So this is also a song I consider to be almost uncoverable. Um, what is your relationship with this song like? I think you've talked about it on the pod before, but um, it's my favorite song off the Black album. Ooh, um, yeah. I love, I love all the Unforgivens. Um, Unforgiven Two is still my favorite, mm. um, but Unforgiven is my favorite song off the. 
Well, you know what? It's I'd say it's it's tied for my favorite, but it's yeah. I, I'll still put it as my favorite. It's tied for my favorite, but it's it's it for for the longest period of time until I kind of had my rediscovery, my rebirth in Metallica. It was my favorite because it was one of the ones I heard first. Like I think one of the first some of the first Metallica songs I ever heard were Master Puppets, Enter Sandman, and Unforgiven. I think those yeah. probably would be the three and Battery. Those would probably be the four Metallica songs I heard first in my life. Um, so it may hold a special place maybe higher because of that, but it is to this day, it is still tied for my favorite Metallica song. So I agree with you in the sense that I think it's a beautiful song. I don't think really people get how, or not get, because that's a, that's a harsh word. People get it, but I don't, I think a lot of people, the, the beauty of it, I don't think is still fully like tapped into or like, it can be taken for granted. Yes, I agree. I think that's probably a good way to put it. I think it's, it, it's a, a startle, a startlingly beautiful song when you really mm. break it down and you, and you analyze it piece by piece and how, how it's structured and the instrumenta- the instrumentative layers and just how mournful the guitar is and how perfectly every tone that they, they chose in that song is. Mm. Um, and I, I think, I, I really think that this was the beginning because load and reload, I think are some of Hetfield's most, like emotional and 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 saint anger we obviously we we both love saint anger we've written about it uh but i think this is the starting point i think that song this album in a lot of ways but that song being the first but before nothing else matters that comes before nothing else matters on the track list it's the first um the first real uh very poignant uh and moment i think yeah. yeah, I mean, there's faded, there's fade to black, and there's sure. there are, there are tracks that come before, but I, I think that this is kind of on another level above above fade to black and above a lot mm. of everything that came before in terms of James really kind of letting himself go and kind of being being uh, esoteric and kind of doing it in a through metaphor, you know, expressing so himself yeah. through metaphor. But but it's beautiful. I mean, when you when you see kind of the how it evolved in load and reload and him kind of getting even more peeling away the layers and being more direct with what he's trying mm. to say, but starting here at the unforgiven and um, how lilting and yeah, just a, just a very vulnerable, beautiful song that touches on a lot of universal mm. themes. And I think that's that the, the power of it is that like you said, take it for granted. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. For me, it's only, it's only taken on more meaning and more weight with time, you know, yeah. just, I mean, again, it has two sequels. Never, never free, so never special. me. It's exactly. a, it's a chorus. It's a hook that, uh, you know, it four mm. words, but resonant for Absolutely. sure. Um, uh, yeah. But, but I will say, unfortunately, uh, as there were surprising highs, surprising positive sides, this unfortunately for me was one of the biggest disappointments Fair, okay. on the blacklist. I, this was one of the tracks that I. I really don't think anyone truly did it justice. There, I, I do have a favorite, and it's and it's a pretty head and shoulders favorite. Yep, above the rest, but I don't think any of the artists uh, really did the track justice. But I'm sure we'll get into that. I mean, sure, I will. Um, I, I'll give you a low light. One of my low lights of the whole album is the Flatbush Zombies featuring DJ Scratch version of this, and it's not because they're not talented, right? They are a New York kind of underground rap group. Um, But for me, like they deliver like these original rap verses and the actual rapping is pretty cool. 
But for me, it, it just has no business being on this album. It shouldn't be an Unforgiven song. Yeah. You know, there's like, for some reason, like they sample both Hetfield singing the chorus and also get another guy to sing it at some point. But it's yeah. all really slow and it just doesn't work for me. Yeah. I, yeah, that, I do like, yeah, the, the, the way it was, the way they, they warped the track to slow it down like that, I also was not a fan of. But, mm. and, and I didn't want to, I didn't want to discount going into this. I didn't want to discount any song that used samples. I was kind of Agreed. looking forward to more original interpretations. And as you said, I give it, as we said earlier, I gave a special shout out to the, the Mexican Sound Institute cover of Sabbath True, mm. which uses samples. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they, I don't think that hit the mark. I think, what was really missed by most of the artists on here was you have to play with the gravitas. Yes. The Unforgiven, aside from it being a very lilting, beautiful song, has a sense of gravitas and real like forcefulness to it, a real kind of expulsion, a catharsis, a kind of like spewing out of just uh, sadness and feeling. Mm. And I think you, you have to play with that at some level and you have to have the kind of, the kind of, it has to have some oomph to it. It can't be all, it can't be all too slow and too jury. Like the, like the Moses Sumney, he's a very talented mm. performer. And, and I, I, and you know, I don't want to take anything away from a lot of these artists as performers, like the diet sig cover and the, the that was fun, yeah. Moses again, the, again, the Moses Sumney cover, both very talented performers, artists, but it, it was missed. Both of those were just missing the, the gravitas to it and I, I think the most dis- i'll also say my most disappointing i think it was it was the cage the elephant one because i just expected mm. so much more than what it was i got all right. yeah it was it was a it was a big letdown for me it just was because they're there's i i really like cage the elephant and they have punch and power when they choose to implement it and he's and uh they they just didn't they didn't bring the they didn't bring what i was hoping they would bring on this one and i know they when metallica released it they released like little snippets so i kind of heard a bit of of all of these, but it just I just expected more and it was it was a letdown in in that it didn't deliver that but mm. again the gravitas. So, so I believe we'll that, into, uh, I yeah, believe that Cage the Elephant are also managed by Q Prime, Metallica's management. That's true because so, Cage the Elephant has also opened for Metallica. So that's yes. probably why they have. So yeah, there are a couple of like Q Prime inclusions on this album. And I can't remember off the time I heard who else, but you can sort of tell, like they. I don't know what relationship they have to the original song, but it's like not quite there to me. Yeah, yeah. It's it just it just didn't hit the mark for me, and that, and it was all it was it was really the more disappointing because uh, again, I really enjoyed most of their material, like their their mm. regular material, and uh, I was really hoping for hoping for more. I guess I'll just say I just didn't. Yeah. It just it didn't vibe with me. Again, everybody here is very talented. You know, nothing, nothing on this. I, again, I, I would probably agree with you on the Flatbush Zombies. That's one that's probably, I would say, not my thing. Like I said, there's probably a couple on here that are just purely just not my thing. But every, you know, everything else, everybody else on this list and the, the Vishai Dadlani cover, mm-hmm. uh, I, also in, I also thought, again, talented performer. I, I, I saw where he, where he was going, where, where they were going. Um, but yeah, nothing had the gravitas. Um, I guess I'll, do you mind if I do my number one first Please, this time? And go we'll, for it. So my number one, uh, again, I think it was head and shoulders above everybody else, but still not, didn't capture the, the true essence of the unforgiven. Like a lot of the, like the other tracks captured some of the other covers captured some of the other tracks. 
um, is the for, forgive me if I'm pronouncing this wrong. I don't think I fully got it. Haash. I think it's Haash. They they form their name in the same way as NSYNC. Yeah. Much. Yeah. They uh, the lead vocalist. She had a lovely a lovely voice that uh, and singing in Spanish too. I think really I really like that. Yeah. Was a really good compliment to the song because the song has that Western kind of New Mexico. Yeah. You know, yeah. dusty vibe that feels like it's right comes from right on the border during the like in the 1800s or like new, new frontier old west i mean you think of like the the unforgiven movie like the western unfor the mm. unforgiven movie at least i associate the two i mean there's the the tolling bell you get that like gunslingery kind of vibe at least in the opening instrumentation of the original track so but so i really kind of appreciated that the spanish vocals really uh helped the you know jived with the song well and again the voice was so important because james's voice in the original is so powerful so melodic he goes from you know his his roaring snarl in the chorus to the the soft um contemplative you know very yes quiet verse the playing with a lot of dynamics and i think she did a a, a pretty decent job at that and again her voice is just very clean very palatable and uh, I needed that. I think I needed that. I think I needed. Yes. This was another one where, if you can't, if you can't add onto it, I want you to at least like get as close as you can. True. Like to to the original. I think this, and that's that's kind of why I chose it as my number one. Though the whole thing, the all of them are overall like not what I was hoping for. This was the one that I was like, all right, oh. it's pretty straight and like right in line, and that's that's what made it number one. That's that's if you can't again, if you can't raise the bar or take the energy that Metallica has and make your own thing and make it equally emotional and have that oof to it, that strength. Mm -hmm. um, then if you can get close enough to it, then that's going to be good enough for me. And it's going to earn a spot on my playlist on my rotation. Mm. My only wish for that cover is that I wish they'd done the whole song in Spanish. That would have been you know? great. That, that, I think that would have, I, I had the same thought in the process of listening. I was like, I'm really enjoying that they chose they chose yeah. to sing in Spanish. Again, I love the diversity. I love that we're getting different viewpoints and different traditions and mm. different um, different interpretations. And you know, I, I I would love to see how the Spanish lyrics, when run when when translated by a, a native speaker, yeah, maybe are are kind of have an interesting poetic kind of bend to James's original lyrics yes. and see how they kind of weave in and out of that and how they form maybe kind of their own sense of tragedy yeah. because I, I, I get the sense that it probably would do that. And I would love to have the whole song kind of fit into that, into mm. that world and, and dissect it like that. Cause I believe they are an American based duo. They are technically Latin pop, Latin pop, but I think they've been around since like 2000 or something. So they have a lot of longevity. Like they're okay. really big in the spanish world okay yeah definitely yeah. again i got I, I if if for nothing else the blacklist has really made me very interested to go back and explore the back catalogs of a lot of these artists mm. which is that's a blessing for everybody who gets to listen to it and an added bonus so yeah but yeah what was your number one i'm really curious to hear yours my was did you, did, did you say like your relationship to it i know that you also agree with me that it's a beautiful track yeah that it's 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 grown in its power as you've gotten older but what what was your starting relationship to the unforgiven i always really liked it and the older i get and the more i'm able to recognize what hetfield's writing about and 
see it in not only my life, but like other people's lives, the more weight it carries. It's like hallowed ground or something, you know, it's like the rare song that makes your life feel like a movie and hopefully not in too tragic a way because it does have a a kind of redeeming feel to it. But um, yeah, my number one was Moses Sumney by far. And actually that was my number two of the whole compilation, which it could have gone number one, but I felt like the number one I picked symbolized the blacklist a bit better than this one. But um, for me, I read a little bit of my review of it. So I wrote that on the unforgiven James Hetfield looked at his own life and wondered if he had the power to break his cycles of social conditioning and abuse. Moses Sumney instead brings Metallica's opus into a limbo space somewhere between life and death. He's an unclassifiable, unclassifiable artist, but um, he's Ghanaian American and makes sort of like soulful, but also like futurist art pop. And so for me, like, the first time I heard this, I'm pretty sure I had to turn the volume up because it's very quiet, but he opens it with like a bass solo, which feels to me like both a tribute to Cliff Burton and also Jaco Pistorius, like the famous jazz bassist who's Rob Trujillo's biggest hero. Um, But I just, I just love the vocal delivery and I love the sparseness. Like it's almost underproduced because it's pretty much just bass and vocals. Mm -hmm. But to me, it's just, magical it feels like it's it has this kind of amniotic like womb uh feeling where it's warm and eerie and ghostly all at the same time but Moses Sumney is like one of my favorite kinds of singers in that he reminds me of Jeff Buckley in that there's a Mm. kind of androgynous angelic but like I guess also a masculine quality to his voice it's like all these things at once um, and to me, it's, it's just such a like intuitive cover. It feels like he, he's been listening to the song his whole life, but it feels to me like he did it in one take and just let like the words speak through him. And so that's what really did it for me. It's like a rare kind of cover where you can do so little with it for five minutes, but be that captivating for me. And you know what? I love that. I love that. We literally kind of diverged on two opposite paths yeah and but but and came away with two different amazing artists that are incredibly diverse that you know ultimately did a did a well for you did an incredibly successful job but for me still did a a successful Mm. job at at a cover um but i love that i love that for you like i hearing Mm. you hearing you talk about it um again reinforces just how important and how amazing this project really is and everybody can walk away with something like that Everybody can walk away with that cover that just really speaks to them and, and again, pulls the power of, of Hetfield's lyrics because this has been brought up on other podcasts, but people don't really credit him as like a songwriter, like singer songwriter, like, like Bob Dylan or like Tom Petty or or Springsteen or or anybody that people would, James Taylor, anybody that would classify as like Mm. a singer, Joni Mitchell, anybody, a singer songwriter, but he is an excellent, excellent songwriter full of incredible emotion and, I love that it this only enhanced that for you that Moses Sumney's mm. cover only really it it did what it was supposed to do which was elevate for you and it it mm. it brought it to another plane of appreciation and a completely different uh tone of appreciation and a completely different uh sonic and colorful you know palette to play with and 
you know, a visual, a different colorful visualization for you. And mm. hearing you describe that, I, I, I know I can tell how much you loved it. And uh, I like that. I love that for you, Richard. I'm so glad you Thank really you. liked it. Likewise. I'm really glad that I'm glad that, uh, you know, we may flip flop. Who knows? There may be a, a, a song later on that I'll think mm. was um, everyone was amazing and you'll think was disappointing. But <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm glad that we both kind of have. I'm really glad that we uh, have such not such differing tastes, but that we kind of yeah. walked away with different, completely different uh, expectations for what we were looking for and uh, can talk about it. And especially you talking so passionately. And I love that. Thank you. I have a feeling that we will be converging as this uh, track list goes on, partly for um, partly for voluntary reasons and partly for involuntary <laughs> reasons. So yeah. um, I, I have a feeling yeah. that, that t- two songs in particular may uh, be, yep. Uh, it might be on the money for both of us, but um, as long as we don't anyway, hate them, that's good. <laughs> on to on to Rome, right? Yes, let us roam. Um, for me, I I'm pretty sure I heard the S and M version of this first, so like I've never been able to appreciate the original quite as much, even though it is a great song. That's yeah. just me, though. Yeah, it's this one for me. It's it's in the really good. Like it's a it's a really yeah. really good song. Um, I, and I love the, I like, I still get shivers when I hear the, I forget what it's electric sitar that Kirk used to do. I the, think it is know, sitar. I, yeah. Yeah. T- I think it, yeah, I think it's an electric sitar, I, I believe on, on the opening. Um, but, and it's still, it, it's a really, it's a hard song for me to describe in a lot of ways. Mm. It's, it's one of those, like, I, I just know I like it, but I can't tell you why I like it. Yeah. Like melodically, it's kind of weird. A little in a, a lot of ways the the yes. the 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 verse the verse structure is kind of weird and the, the the notes they choose are kind of weird like the yeah anywhere I run. it's just, it's just kind of it's strange but it but it has a, a a power uh a power to kind of like take me somewhere more so than a lot of other songs on the the black album do it it, it take it transports me to someplace in my mind like i visualize that i'm somewhere else mm. it makes me it, it 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 gives me a sense of power i think a lot more than other songs in the blacklist do um and i don't know why it just it i think in just a way in the way james is singing and the 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 power of the drums in that you know throughout especially the way it kicks in i've seen it live twice they mm. played it they played it tw- live both times because I, I saw metallica twice on the Worldwide tour which is the only two times i've seen them but um they 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 mixed up the set list very little between those two locations in which i saw them yeah um so i've heard it twice but it's been a absolute blast to see live twice and i'm mm. really i'm glad that they played it both times because i i enjoyed it just as much the second time as i did the first time and that's kind of how i feel about awesome. it on the record like every time it comes up it's another one of those that doesn't get old for me like there are some other songs that do wear out their welcome a little bit more, but I don't think yeah. Rome is one of them. Um, but I, unfortunately, guess what? Back to back. Yep. This is another one that I was a little Fair. disappointed in the covers. Please go ahead. Describe your disappointment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, for this one, I think, I, I think this, this was just a case where nobody, ca- again, nobody captured the essence of what I love about that song really well. And when, and the, my uh, my top two were flipped 
were are complete opposites, which is mm. really interesting. I couldn't really decide. I literally put a slash on my little piece of paper here that I have written down all my my picks. Um, but I'm gonna have to, I suppose. And you know what? I think I will my my between my two, it was Jay Balvin's yep. cover and John Party's cover. Yep. And I think I'm gonna go with Jay Balvin's cover, actually. Cool. I was very curious. To me, that's been apart from Weezer, that's been the most polarizing cover on this yeah on the blacklist like as i've seen on social media and i think i think rome does have a sense of fun to it like yeah i think i think what jay what jay belvin did again like i said earlier i i didn't want to discount any song that uses samples and obviously this is one that uses samples um and i know he's a he's a reggaeton a very like he's like incredibly popular he came from like the reggaeton world right he's incredibly popular I think artists, he's like, one of the pioneers of reggaeton, but he also has like more monthly listeners on Spotify than Metallica. So yeah, I mean, he's in like the, the mainstream, like Western pop world now. Like he's collaborated yeah. with, like like AAA artists. I know he's done stuff with. I think he did something with Justin Bieber. I'm not as yeah. you're definitely much more up on on <laughs> on top forty radio and like top forty stuff than I am right now. And I I am ashamed to. I'm ashamed of that. I need to get back into that because I love <laughs> pop music. And it's not that I don't, I, I actually, I really love pop music. I just need to kind mm. of uh, immerse myself in that world again. But I really like, again, we're back to fun, folks. Um, there is a sense of like wander. Again, the song is about wanderlust and freedom. And Jay Balvin, he, he kind of captured that sense of fun and freedom and independent spirit. And again, I, I just, he he's, He's not singing. He's just, it's a, it's like an, a, a arrangement of it that he did. Yeah. It's, yeah. He's, he's, he's rapping on it, but again, I feel the energy in the performance. And again, that, that's enough to push it over the top for me and make it my number one. John party. Nice. He did a really good job of doing the dusty kind of, I'm a, I'm a rebel and I'm a, I'm a wanderer and I'm a cowboy mm. and that side of things. And the, the, the instrumentation, uh, the instrumentative arrangement, of it is again kind of one of those ones that falls right in line right in the pocket with uh with the original in more ways than not but i think i think i think also like none of the artists captured again the, the strength of hetfield's voice or or even had a voice that yeah had a different had a different kind of strength like even if you don't have a a snarl or like a power like he does give me a different kind of strength or a different yes. kind of like even a quiet, even a quiet strength. I appreciate, but I really don't think anybody parties cover. Again, it was just kind of in that fine territory, but his voice is kind of what puts it down below because I just couldn't, yeah. I couldn't take it super seriously for some reason. I respect him as an artist. I'm sure he's incredibly, I have actually have a song by him on my iPod. I'm sure he's a very hmm. talented guy and very passionate in, in what he does. And I know he's an incredibly popular country artist, but I just, for some reason I couldn't take his singing seriously with it. And mm. Jay Balvin, I just, I, I felt the fun. I felt the, the, the energy. And that was enough for me. Like sometimes that's enough. And like, I just got to go with my gut. That was definitely, I, I, I go with my gut kind of pick. Totally. I want to jump in and talk about all four super, super quick. So from, from the bottom up, um, the Neptunes had probably my, my most disappointing track on the whole blacklist for mm. me, because Pharrell, Chad Hugo, like they're legendary pop and R and B and hip hop producers. They should know what they're doing, but they did almost nothing to this. Like all they did was put like a basic break beat and a couple of synths under the original track. And 
So for me, it's yeah. a bit of a waste of a track, to be honest. Yeah, like, I agree. I, I from them especially. There, there are there are definitely moments that that seems to be a common thread. Like some of the most disappointing ones are the ones that aren't are aren't really are either too safe or just like untouched in a lot of ways. Yeah, there's not that care put into it, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, going up, John Party, I really liked, but um, not not exactly a highlight, but it's it it feels like a live song to me. Like if you went to a John Party concert and he pulled out a Metallica cover out of nowhere, especially that's not Sandman or Nothing Else Matters, you'd be like, "Whoa!" You know? Yeah, I'd line, um, I'd line, I'd line dance to it. I don't, yeah. I don't line dance, but if I knew how to line dance, I'd line dance to it. <laughs> totally. Um, Jay Balvin, for me, well, not sorry, not for me. For most people, I think Latin pop and particularly reggaeton are a bit of an acquired taste if you're not a native speaker. Um, because I mean, it's all built around very similar like rhythms. Um, and so it takes a little bit of work if you're not a native speaker to like tap into the mentality and like what makes artists really different. Like J Balvin, Bad Bunny, the two biggest like Latin artists in the world. And they are kind of different. But again, if you're not familiar, you might not be able to tell them apart. But Balvin to me, he has a smoothness and a real charisma that just like jumps out of this recording. I think it's awesome. Um, yeah. Again, the only issue I have is that I'm not into him using the original song. Like the samples. Like, yeah. Not, not so much a sample, but like the fact that he plays a full chorus and then just ends okay. the song is a bit random to me. Yeah. Um, okay. But, I got yeah. But my number one is chase and status featuring back road G now okay. chase and okay. status, are a UK, duo i guess they're kind of drum and bass but they're a bit all over the map and back row g i think is a grime slash uh drill mc which okay grime being like uk hip-hop specifically and drill drill jumped from chicago to the uk and it's a bit more like triplet flow like drake stripped it off and stuff okay um gotcha but that's the world i don't know i don't know much (laughs) about so i'm glad that you're informing me about the hip-hop world I know just enough, but I'm not an expert. But um, this is a re- uh, this is a cover that I keep forgetting exists. Like literally, I forgot it existed until last night when I was like reviewing the track list, and I'm like, whoa, because it just gets me super, super hyped. It's like it's like um, a wrestling entrance theme or something, you know? <laughs> or it's like if you put it on in the party, I like I'm just gonna, like jump out of my seat, be like, whoa, because um it's a cool remix like they actually it's not the first time chase and status have remixed it because they've taken the main sitar riff of rome and actually built a rihanna song around it there's a rihanna song called red lipstick that samples um it's more like a dubstep track but it samples rome in the same way so that's oh, okay. a good connection I gotta listen to that then yeah it's a bonus track on a 2011 album i think but shout out to, shout out to rihanna yeah, she's great. I don't, and and I think she's a metalhead too. I mean, there's yeah. there's been articles that she like loves Slipknot and stuff. So hmm. right. her guitarist, her live guitarist is Nuno Bedencourt of Extreme. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. I did know. I feel like I did know that somewhere in the annals of something I read somewhere. But thank yeah. you for reminding me. Hmm. But yeah, to me, this cover just it it's not the same at all as the original. But it makes me want to roam it. <laughs> Makes me want to run through a field at Glastonbury while I'm missing the song, you know, like missing 
like, like running from stage to stage or something. Yeah, so that's you're what like, it you're, hearing, you're hearing it kind of pulse in the background while you're like traversing the grounds. Yeah. And I love hearing, I love the fact that it's such a British cover of an American song on multiple levels because it's not just a hip hop cover. It's like a UK hip hop cover. Mm. It's so specific. So yeah, love that for us. <laughs> yeah. I th- and I think, I think, I think for me that pick choosing the J Balvin again, it may be subconsciously for me that, I mean, again, I, I knew he was very large and especially that he had broken into uh, Western pop music and collaborated with a lot of artists. Maybe that was a, a subconscious reason why I chose it because again, I love, I love the idea of, of influence. Like I love the idea of big artists spreading influence of hard rock and metal to people that ordinarily otherwise wouldn't experience it. So who knows, maybe that played a, a, a role in me choosing it as my number one over John party. But I think ultimately, again, I think mainly if I break it down, it came down to, uh, give me the energy, give me the, 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 the fun, the, the power it's got some, some oomph Mm. behind it. And I like that. I do believe that of all the songs on the blacklist, Balvin's has the most streams. Um, okay. By quite sense. a bit, I think. Because I think, I'm pretty sure his audience has not processed it as like a Metallica cover. It's kind of just like a new song. It's just so, like another single that he's dropped or something. Yeah, with a nod to Metallica, but right, it right. exists in his own context. Yeah. Right. But hey, I mean, you never know. That out of those awesome, millions of people who listen to it, they may... Uh, they may, you know, they may discover Metallica and that, mm. that leads them into a new directions. And so we love that. We love, we love a good collab. We love a good, we love a good influencer. Yes. <laughs> In a good way. Um, don't tread on me. This, for me, I think this is the most polarizing track on the Black Album. I think because it has a weird, has a weird arrangement and groove, yeah. but also the lyrics, which yeah. Um, tie into you know the snake symbol on the album cover mm-hmm. this i don't want to say that this song is like a conservative anthem because i don't think that it is but you could interpret it that way i've said this to brandon before that it sits a bit interestingly compared to you know the a band who's also written like one and disposable heroes you know yeah exactly quite contradict each other but i'm just like hmm, i've never been able to like wrap my head around it reconcile it yeah i yeah. i agree with you as as the as the resident american between the two of us and <laughs> and very being very familiar with the uh with the don't not personally don't, don't get it twisted everybody not personally but having seen it in many having seen the don't tread on me uh, the gadsden flag uh yes. is, is what it's is what it's called Yes. Uh, the don't tread on me flag um, and, and the hatred that it really represents now, like mm. back then I'm sure it was in a more like conservative Reagan, you know, the Reagan era, like conservative, yeah. like more, you know, smaller or uh, smaller government, you know, that yeah. kind of, that kind of world that it, it got, it, it got twisted. Unfortunately, you know, in the wrist, in the recent decades, probably in the starting in the Bush era, Mm. to just represent uh, to kind of represent a symbol of ignorance and you know i i i will say hatred but i i mean mm. uh, it, it it's not good i'll say if you see someone flying that flag they probably yeah. don't have the most savory political beliefs yeah uh, i will say that or if you see that pasted on somewhere and i also agree that it's it's a polarizing song and it's hard for me because it's actually my it's t- it's the other one that's tied for my favorite song off the black album oh, but cool. not necessarily not necessarily because of the lyrics i yeah. because again it, it's it is it does have that sense of coming off as a bit jingoistic you know a bit 
violence a bit kind of like Amer- you know it's amazing it hasn't been co-opted by the alt-right or like the america first the mega crowd yet i'm, su- I'm surprised Funnily that enough, it hasn't yeah it hasn't been co-opted by them yet it's a good um, enough song to be open to interpretation i'll say that yeah i think what why it's my favorite is because the 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 beat is so the 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 swing beat and the first of all the guitar sample of uh from west side story yeah uh is really really neat i always appreciated that i thought that was really fun uh kind of uh, a, a little bite uh a little biting uh little intro there um but his his delivery uh hetfield's delivery it's my favorite on the entire record like the mm. the opening three words when he when he says liberty or death like his his delivery on the three words liberty or death i think is my favorite my favorite hetfield deli- it's in my top 5 favorite hetfield deliveries of all time it's definitely my favorite hetfield delivery on the black album and the it's another one of those tracks that you cannot help but headbang it's it's yes. the second heaviest riff on the record in my opinion the swing beat you don't hear that a lot i wish more metal bands would use a swing beat like yeah. that um because it it's na- it's it's like naturally heavy in the way that it it just naturally flows yeah. um and it's almost disorienting when the track starts because you can't kind of place the like the where the where the, the one beat, beat is like yeah. where it's where it's going to start so you're kind of like trying to place it but then when you do finally kind of like lock into the groove it's re- it's a uh, it's a it's a rager like it's a song that just makes you just want to like headbang but like drop your head to like your knees kind of like headbang yes um, and uh just such a just such a venomous even in the melodic even in the melodic chorus just such a venomous a venomous uh throttling delivery from hetfield uh i again i think probably my favorite on on the record as a whole like my favorite delivery of any song hmm. and especially that opening line it just gives me uh all kinds of goosebumps all kinds of shivers every time i hear it so yeah definitely hmm. a uh controversial song and i don't know politic i know politically he's probably on the more conservative side now i'm not sure I think exactly so, yeah. like I think so. Um, he's not very open with. He's pretty like non-political, uh, from what I understand. You can't really pin um, him down. Yeah, yeah. He, he in multiple interviews, he's always like, "I don't like to talk to pol- talk politics. We're all like one big family, and I'm just here to like yeah. make music and bring us all together." He's definitely yeah. like that kind of guy. Um, but yeah, you are absolutely right. I'm not sure if something changed from from his younger days in the '80s, writing songs like "Disposable Heroes" and one, hmm. uh, you know, very anti-war. You know, very kind of talking about or the horrors of, of violence to kind yeah. of talking about a uh, very nationalistic in, you know, um, at first glance, nationalistic, yes, patriotic yes. kind of, again, slightly jingoistic tone song, but it is my tied for my favorite song on the record. I think that's a very fair assessment. Um, nothing to add to that. I'm pretty sure we have the same number one. Yeah. Okay. Do you want to, Count down to th- count down from three and say it. <laughs> All right, let's see what the delay between Buffalo and Melbourne. Okay, here like. we go. Three, three two, two, one, one. Full beat. Full beat. Yeah. Yay! All right. I want to take this one. At my end, it sounded like we lined up perfectly. Uh, oh, I was but, trying to do a delay. Like I was trying to do um, what? like an echo, like full beat, full beat, full beat, full beat. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, if you know the musician Jacob Collier, he's like this crazy like music theory nerd, but. He did this thing where, like, when he was collaborating with people musically over Zoom, he would, like, because, you know, there's always going to be a delay. Um, right. He he would anticipate the other person's delay and deliberately play, like, 
half a second behind in order to keep time with them. That is wild. Yeah, it's mind blowing. That, that like has to involve a part of your brain that I don't even think I have. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't know if I succeeded. I'll listen to recording and find out. <laughs> God, that, but, yeah, that, um, that, that is, man, that's, that's, that you, that's blowing my mind thinking about it. Cause yeah. I always wonder how they do those, those zoom kind of collab. Things. Oh, they do it asynchronous. Do like, they, 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 yeah. they record all their parts and stitch together. Okay. Okay. So it's not, no, nothing's really, nothing's really like live on a delay, I guess. No. Um, okay, I'm, just, I'm just dumb then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Volbeat. Danish, yes, like Lars. Yes, I've um, seen them many, seen them a couple times. Uh, loved them both times. Yep. Uh, just a lot of again, fun kids. We're back to fun. Yes, very fun. Um, for me, this one, this is one that's unambiguously better than original for me. Um, to me, they crank up the pop factor right by reharmonizing the chorus, and I find that to be such a like, such a brilliant but completely natural change you know um so yeah there's that but there's also just the feel and the the groove of it like it's a little bit faster but they they nail all the riffs and the halftime breakdown at the end just makes you want to go Ugh, like yes like, like yes. celtic frost or it, like it, 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 it did Andera. make me do that. i agree yeah yeah i won't i won't go as far as you and say that it's better than the original just because of how how high in regard i hold the original but this was this was really really good and i didn't need it to be more than anything other than what it was yep. which was you know capturing that spirit i know obviously they, the first time i saw volbeat it was opening for metallica lars is a big fan yeah uh, both being danish um so uh i i love michael polson's voice i know it grates on a lot a of people voice. A, a lot of people don't like volbeat at all a lot of metalheads like are very they're, they're one of those bands that mm. fall into that category that metalhead just write off because i think they're corny or too poppy or cheesy or you know insert your adjective mm. um but i love them i think they're I, I i think they always they do again going back to energy which i love they always bring in an amazing sense of energy in their records um and i i love i do love the up tempo like speeding up the tempo i love the subtle melodic changes i love mm. the very very slight you know nothing nothing too wild but uh just enough to like keep me like be like th- this is equally good to the melody that we had before like yes. in the original uh but different and i like that like you have changed it up just enough to where i'm getting getting the getting the novelty the dopamine hit of novelty here mm. uh but i'm really liking and i'm really liking you did an equally pleasing note shift yes and i really like that and uh i think michael polson's really good at that i think he's really again another one of those songwriters that has a really good pop sensibility in in hard rock and metal and um, has that kind of rockabilly edge to him that he always loves to throw into his music. And yeah, uh, I think, I think he's less, he's someone who, and that band is, they're less pinnable. Like they, you can't pin them down as much. I think as people like to, hmm. I think there's, a, there's a lot more facet, lot, uh, many more facets to them. Uh, excuse me. That, that they, that people give them credit for, but yeah, just a ton of fun. Again, the, you're right. The breakdown at the end, like really heavy, uh, just again, that gave me kind of a live energy sense. Like this one kind of gave me a, a live show feel to it. And they always love to put a cover on there. I know this cover is for a fact on, on their new record that they're releasing. Cool. They always do love to include, they do one or two covers per record. And I know for sure this is on the new record. 
Um, what are but, some yeah. of the other like top covers? What are their covers? Well, like what what are some other like covers that are highlights that they've done? That they've done? Oh, I, they do hmm. a they do a cover of uh, Georgia Satellites Battleship Chains, uh, which is I love. Very swampy. Just uh, feels like you'd hear it at like a county fair, like by like a cover <laughs> band, but like in a good way. Like I love that aesthetic. It puts off that kind of that kind of aesthetic, and I I really appreciate that. Um, they do a cover of Teenage Bottle Rockets' um, "Rebound," hmm. which is uh, a lot of fun. You know, they did that in tribute to one of their one of Teenage Bottle Rockets members passed away years ago. And they did that as a tribute. It's a, it's like a two minute song. It's just a, it's like a fun song about a dude in high school who gets like shoved into a locker and he's playing basketball. It's just kind of a goofy little song, but just, just a fun little nod. Um, they did a cover of shoot. Do, do I have the, do I can, rem, can I remember if they did a cover on, uh, for some reason, those are the two that, that come to mind. They, Oh, Another one, not a formal cover, but one that he always does in live settings is there's a song by Volby called Sad Man's Tongue, which is a primarily like the beginning of it is acoustic driven. Um, and he always does a cover of Johnny Cash's uh, Ring of Fire. He like oh. leads, he, he starts Ring of Fire and like leads into it and then starts the Sad Man's Tongue song. It is a very Johnny Cash kind of uh, like a rockier, like kind of, I think of like a, I think they have they done a Ring of Fire cover. They don't quote me on that. I don't want to like be a, be a as as metal metal up your podcast would say the the metal police will be after me if they if they have not done a cover of Ring of Fire like an actual cover. Um, they might have. I think they released a Rarities album mm. that might be on there. I think I don't know for sure. Metal Police don't come after me, but they definitely uh, do the cover before Sandman's Tongue, which is a very Johnny Cash kind of inspired song. Sweet. So, but yeah, they're they're. If you haven't heard any of their covers before, uh, check out some of their old covers. But this this falls very nicely in line with the kind of spirit of which they've done their covers before. Yeah, to me, they're one of those bands like Ghosts, where I've heard some, but like not nearly as much as I should have. So I'm due for a deep dive. Yeah, and I, I wanted this. You know, this is yes, this song more than everything else. Yeah. I wanted this. Like I wanted, I wanted a, a full on metal rager for this one. Um, and I, again, I. I will. I'll just call out. I, none of the other songs really did much for me. I want the Portugal, the man one. I don't really think hit the mark at all um, when it came to this one. Uh, but again, I'm not going to even really brush on it too much because I got what I wanted and I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Sick. We continue to twist and turn through the never. This is a song that I have some affection for. It's never been a highlight, but I was, I was excited to hear it covered. Hmm. Yeah, my, and for me, this is a song that I never really enjoyed it very much when I was first getting into Metallica. But again, it, even in my re, like my rediscovery that I've, I know I've talked on the podcast before about how I got into Metallica like much later, like on a deeper level, much later than everybody else or most other big fans. Um, even then, this was a song that I was just like, eh, it's just eh. But but actually just recently like i would say actually in maybe the last like six months i really started to enjoy this song a lot more like a lot more like it's not in my top five i don't yep. think but it's still a song i would classify i would classify as a great metallica song like a really especially a great hook like a really powerful memorable yes. you know the you know the, the part everybody knows the twisting turning through the never like yeah. that like great memorable hook that 
you know, is great to play video games too, and great to <laughs> great to uh, uh, just imbue you with that kind of sense of power that I always look for in a lot of metal music. So yeah, yeah, definitely a, a grower on me. Yes, definitely a grower. I agree. Like to me, it's the easiest song on the black the black album to compare to Master of Puppets or something like that. It feels like it could have come from there, but mm. I appreciate it more in its own context. Like not even on the album, like as a song unto itself. I appreciate it more that way. Yeah. I think it's only going to get better for me as time goes on. Mm. Um, and we, I think we may have the, uh, the there's only two covers that yep. were done for this one. So I yep. think we have the same one for this one as well, but I'll let Maybe. you go first, just general. All right. I'm going to say they're both awesome. They both kick ass, but yeah. my pick is Tomi Owo. So she is. Oh, we a, don't. We, have, we picked yeah. up this on this one. Okay. Yeah. So she is a Nigerian R&B singer. Um, to me, this was the most like mind blowing transformation of any song on the blacklist. Um, it's like when I first heard, it, I was like, what is this? Cause I could, you know, she's singing the same lyrics, but the feel is so completely different. She's taken it from kind of thrashy to really like sensuous and soft R and B. And that is a genre I really love when it's done. Right. And to me, this one is just perfectly in the pocket. Like, her vocals are so gentle, but she yeah. also evokes, she interprets the lyrics in a way that still works. They still feel kind of cosmic. Right. Um, it's less of like, you know, a, a spaceship like blazing through the stars and more like a gentle nap where you dream about astral projection <laughs> or something. You're, you're slowly floating through the never. Yes. You're gently, um, you're gently uh, drifting through the never. The one thing I don't like about her version is that there is a, a heavier guitar part that to me doesn't really fit. It just like mm. arrives and intrudes on the last minute of the song. Um, and I wish yeah. it had stayed in the original mood because that would have made it top 10 for me. But I think, yeah, it's number 12 at the moment, but this one, I keep coming back to it. Very cool. Very cool. And again, I, mm. I can hear the passion in you talking about that. And again, this, this was one where I enjoyed both of them. Like there, this, yeah. these were both like, good covers like there was nothing there i have no complaints to really say about either of them but obviously um i had i picked the other one because uh i thought we'd have the same but we don't hmm. um full disclosure uh i love the who um for cool. anybody that doesn't know uh they're a mongolian i wouldn't even call them a rock band they're just like a mongolian they're a mongolian rockish band they use traditional mongolian instruments yeah and they play rock shows but there's so much more to them than that. And they're, they're a blast. I, I, they're one of those bands that are on my list to see live, hopefully one day soon. Yes. Um, but I, I watched like all their online videos. They're like really funny guys. They're, 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 I think also what I like about them is that they, they seem so like humble and just really grateful to be playing, you know, for a, for a global audience. And I'm mm. really happy that they, they did this, you know, a lot of people may know that they did the, they did a sad, but true cover. Um, yes. Uh, I forget how long ago. This might have been like a year ago or a year and a half ago. I think early 2020. Yeah, they dropped it as a single. And I enjoyed that as well. Like, there's nothing by them that I really don't like. Um, but I, I picked it because I think maybe because this song was kind of growing on me in the past six months. Hmm. And I wasn't, maybe I wasn't really ready for something totally out, out of left field or something that kind of uh, in, interpreted the song in a, in, a, in a different way other than kind of slightly heavier. Um, yeah. So... 
I think that's kind of what I was looking for more for this one. And obviously there were only two choices and I, I came yeah. into knowing who the, who was, and I probably knew what I was going to get. And that's exactly what I got. Um, but they always impress me. Like they're, they're great musicians. I love hearing like mm-hmm. the, the horse, I think it's like a horse head fiddle or I forget yeah. the traditional name of the instrument, but he like the way that uh, uh, they play it makes it sound like a horse. Like, yes. I think that that, yeah. that comes from traditional Mongolian music i think that's what it yeah. it's meant to do is sound like a horse yes. and a lot of their music because it's a horse culture like the it's a horse-based mm. uh culture mongolia where genghis khan is like a founding father and you know yeah. they conquered a lot of land through like horse warfare and they're nomadic a little and uh so uh i really like a lot of those flourishes and that that's something you hear in a lot of their music but uh Again, I think I think this was the, more so than any other cover. My my feelings toward the band were kind of uh, inexorably tied together yes. with why I chose the song. But that's okay. Like I, I reserve the right to to do that to pick the pick a song for that reason. I think, and uh, I uh, I truly do. I mean, I really like the cover. Like I'm I down I'm, I downloaded it. Uh, I mean, I downloaded all of these, but like I knew I was going to download it straight away. Even when I saw that they were on, and this was the song they were doing, I I knew that I was going to download it straight away, and. Uh, any rock fan, any rock fan, or anyone who's interested in like exploring the broader side of rock music, I think that's another reason why I chose it. I really like pushing out the kind of what rock can be, or like what quote unquote rock can be, or heavy mu- quote unquote heavy music. I I I should say can be. Yes. And uh, again, uh, loving the the diversity. I, I really think we're going through a really cool moment in metal. Um, mm. Like I saw Gojira the other day, and opening for them was. Uh, alien weaponry they're a band that sings in maori and uh oh yeah 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 i mean you're you're are you are you i i are you from new zealand originally no no so i yeah born and grew up in australia i'm ethnically chinese which yes more on that later but please go got it sometimes sometimes the accent uh, you've told me you're from australia that you live that you're from australia before but the accents are very close um, in, in, some, in some ways, you probably wouldn't say that. You'd probably be very, most Australians would probably be very mad at me for saying It's that, like but to, American and Canadian. Yeah, to, to my American ears, uh, some of it is, is similar. But you, mm. I'm glad, but obviously you would know about them. They sing in Maori yeah. and they're very much about protecting Maori culture. And mm. and I really, and, uh, I really like uh, bands like that that are, you know, ethnically diverse, but are still, and are expanding like what heavy music can be and what it yeah. stands for and what they're singing about and there's there's many other bands i'm i'm probably so focused on what we're doing now i I can't think of any off the top of my head but there's a million of them and if i had time to make a list i could i'd send it out but there are and we're going through a really cool moment and i love that that's another subconscious reason why i probably picked this um yeah totally agree because to me the who are they, I guess they're sort of folk metal, but in a way that's not, it doesn't feel like a gimmick, you know, like it, yeah. captures, it captures your attention, especially if you see them on YouTube for the first time, because they're in costume and everything, but it feels natural. It enhances the music. Um, to me, like the best example of that ever is probably Sepultura's Roots album. Right. They yep. started doing like incorporating more Brazilian yeah. influence, um, yep. just heavy as fuck, but like, very percussive. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, yeah, from a Chinese perspective, like we have quite an interesting uh, history with Mongolia, not all positive. That would be true. But there's also like some cultural overlap, probably a lot of people like Mm -hmm. with Mongolian blood in China. So it's just interesting because like they, 
obviously, you know, they are a modern country and everything, but they seem right. more in touch with their cultural roots than a lot of China is for various complicated political reasons. <laughs> right, right. I, yeah. And I think, I think you see that when, when you watch, if, again, if everybody hasn't checked out, they have a really nice, cool online presence. It's a lot of fun. They make a lot of cooking videos. They talk uh-huh. about traditional recipes. They have studio updates and tour updates all the time. And they're a really fun band to follow. So I'd recommend anybody check out their their online presence, their YouTube presence. But you could definitely pick up on that because they have a whole series called Who We Are, spelled obviously mm. H-U, We Are. And they talk about, they go back to Mongolia and they talk about, nice. um, you know, a lot of a lot of traditions and they 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 show the the statue of there's a apparently the biggest statue of Genghis Khan in the world is there mm. and uh, they talk about what an important figure he is to the country and mm. you know he's like a he's like a, again a, a equivalent of like a founding father here in America yeah so, and a folk hero yeah I, def- as well. I, I agree with you they're def- they're definitely like in touch with a lot of that stuff but yeah that's re- that's really cool I mean I'm really glad you have that perspective being Chinese to talk about the kind of the relationship between Mongolia and China. Makes me want to go out and eat some Mongolian food, which I'm going to yes, look for it. I, I've never had Mongolian food, but I need mm. to try that. And I'm sure you could give me, after we're done uh, recording, I, I, need, I need some good Chinese recipe or Chinese food recommendations, like good, like real, like good recipes and or getting good stuff from, from you. I'm not an expert. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure you know some, I'm sure you know some, a thing or two. Yeah. Um, many, many regions in China. I'll say that. It's like, yeah, here, here's a tip for the Metallicast people who are wanting to cook Chinese food, like find a, a region of cuisine that you want because like Northern and Southern are very different, for example, okay. or like Sichuan and Shanghai, Hong Kong, all very different. So that's like kind of where you start because, you know, your Panda Expresses and whatnot, like American Chinese food is a valid cuisine. It's just a lot of things kind of like uh, blended into one. So it can be hard to trace the origins of stuff like that. The welcome palette to, is a bit different. Wel- yeah. Welcome to uh, Chinese food cast. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we love it. We love it. We love a good tangent. <laughs> anyway, on to the... Moving on. Yes. So, what was your first reaction to seeing 12 and a half covers of Nothing Else Matters? Uh, a little bit of dread because I think... Yeah. I think of... I, you, asked me, you asked me earlier if there's any song that's kind of uh, worn out its welcome or played out for me on the record. On the, on the Black Album, the original Black Album, it is Nothing Else Matters would be yep. my answer. Yep. Um, I mean, ha- have I reconnected with this song? Maybe. I'm not sure. It, Unlike The Unforgiven, well, I would never say that The Unforgiven is overplayed. Nothing Else Matters is overplayed, but it still carries a lot of weight for me. And some days it is my number one Metallica song. Um, today, I don't know what my number one is, but... yeah. I love it. It's up there. Yeah, it's it, it's it's a it's a bona fide classic. I think it, it resonates with me more now, maybe than it did years ago, because I'm married now and I have a yes. a partner, and I you know I know what James is singing about. I get it. Like I get it, man. Like I, I I feel it. Like I know what you're I know what you're singing about. I've lived that experience. Now I didn't when I when I didn't live that experience, I couldn't really, you know, I couldn't really. Uh, not that I didn't get it. I knew I, I've listened to love songs all my life, but yeah. You can't you you interpret love a uh, love song in a completely different way when you live it or when you go through it and you're truly in love with someone and uh, I think it's it's grown on me with that but that being said you know I still like it it's a classic but mm. you know I've heard enough versions of it to to really kind of be like right, how many how 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 can we do this here like how how are you gonna like wh- how are you gonna 
mess with this in a way or how are you going to put this before me in a way that I'm going to be like, Oh, I have, I have, I've never eaten this dish before in this way. (laughs) Yes. So going back to food, but, but I have good news for you, Richard. Yes. Uh, This was one of the three tracks that uh, was a very positive surprise for me. Um, Every single cover. And I mean, every single cover, every, all 12 songs. Okay. uh, Nothing was below a very good. Okay. For me. I'm going to give you a low light. I have to. <laughs> so, All right. Well, I, 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 I would expect nothing less. Go for it. Um, my Morning Jacket. They are like, uh, I think from Tennessee. Can I, t- can I change my answer? Yep. Can I change my answer? Okay, that would be my low light too. That yes. one, I, got, I, didn't, I didn't hate it. I wouldn't put it under like the, the not for me category because I, mm. like, I do like my Morning Jacket. It didn't hit the mark in, in as much as the other ones did, but I think it would still be like, all right, I see what you're going mm. for. See what you're going for. I'll listen to it. Like, there are definitely parts I enjoy, um, but I'm going to change my answer. That would be my sure. low light as well, but continue. So, because the thing is, they are a talented band and they are beloved in like indie rock and southern rock circles. But to me, this is my least favorite kind of cover, which is I don't mind if you completely change up the lyrics, the feel, whatever. Do, do what you want. That's, that can be awesome. But to me, this is a cover that has no relationship to the lyrics or the original song because yeah, it's, it's they, very upbeat. <laughs> well, yeah, they turn it into like a Beach Boys song, but like it has, it just has no relationship to the lyrics. Like you're not singing the words at all. They just sound like filler to me. Yeah. So that plus the kind of lazy arrangement, it's just like, I'm out, you know, I almost wish I'd ranked this last. I felt the same way. It's like the, the juxtaposition was very jarring. I'll just put it that way. Like the the juxtaposition between the way it was musically arranged and like how we know the song to be and like how we know most covers of it are, how we know how we understand the song and how we internalize it. Um, yeah. I, 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 if, if that was the way the, the song came out when it was, when it was first written, like more, my morning jacket wrote nothing mm. else matters and sang it that way. Like obviously it would be, inter- it would be internalized a completely different way. So I yeah. think covering that way is kind of like you said, uh, not, not necessarily a way that's going to resonate probably with most people in the way that they want to kind of understand that song in the way yes, that it's agreed. already kind of seeped, seeped into people's consciousness. Um, but yeah, I mean, no, for me, I mean like everything else mm. I was, I was, I, I was, it was lovely. Like I, 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 this one, this particular song I listened to a lot while I was working, like a lot of these tracks, cause I knew it was the most. So I knew I'd, I'd have the most time while I was working. Yeah. And it, a, a lot of it was just lovely to, to listen to and to, and, to internalize and very calming and uh, beautiful. Like some highlights for me. I love Phoebe Bridgers version uh, right off the bat. Uh, very, very strong start. Very just like gentle and like a, a, a like a, a, the gentle touch of a lover, like a very, hmm. a sincere, a very sincere, earnest, uh, just very like happy and quietly joyful. Uh, nothing else matters. I thought and, it was a bit um, spooky actually. A bit like, uh, you know, ballerina in a toy box kind of feel. Yeah, a little, a little bit of that too. But uh, yeah, I de- but I definitely got her, through her voice. Maybe it's just uh, again, Phoebe Bridgers is really popular uh, mm. with a lot of people. But she's definitely she's someone who I haven't not explored her back catalog like at all. Oh, it's so good stuff. I, can't, yeah. I, I can't. I came into this pretty pretty blind. Um, I know that she likes to wear skeleton outfits, and I know yes. that she kind of looks like she's like the she's kind of like look a look alike to Brie Larson a little bit. 
True. Um, she um she spoken to Lars for Rolling Stone. I think they did a long yeah. like a I, mutual. Interview. I did see that. I didn't yeah. read the whole thing, but I know that she. I saw she did it, but I, and I know she was caught up in the whole unfortunate uh, Ryan, Ryan Adams. Adams thing. Yeah. I feel so bad for her for getting for getting uh, for being a part of that and just like yeah. getting abused like that. But anyway, she's she's yes. killing it. She's she's slaying it right now. Mm. She had a great SNL performance and. Uh, yeah, I, I, there's a quiet joy to this that I, I I must pick up on for some reason. Maybe I'm an optimistic person. Who knows? Maybe that's why. I had, uh, um, the the uh, the the Mont Lafert, if I'm pronouncing that, was that so correctly. Good, yeah, I really enjoyed that one a lot as well. Had a had just a, a really another highlight in there. Uh, and a lot of these, some of these start to sound somewhat similar, but I don't, for some reason I didn't mind it. Like Agreed. even the dairy, even the Darius Rucker and the Chris Stapleton versions. Like I think Darius Rucker has got a really nice voice. One of my first concerts ever was Hootie and the Blowfish. Fun mm. fact. Um, uh, and I always liked, I always liked the way he sang. He, he has a good, he, he does a wonderful cover um, of Tom Waits's. I hope I don't fall in love with you. It's on one of Hootie mm. and the Blowfish's covers albums. And it's really really lovely and beautiful and I, I i admire his voice and of course i'm a fan of the the wagon wheel cover that has that blew up that everybody loves um yeah even the chris stapleton version like it wouldn't be like in the top top but i still enjoyed it has um, a cool feel but to yeah it. yeah even the uh igor levitt just the just the instrumental like i was i was happy with that like that was very calming and like it it taking away the lyrics was it, it it still kept its essence and i liked that and it didn't it didn't feel played out to me even when the that was taken away but um uh, again i could go on about most of these and we don't have time but uh the only one again that i would put lower than the others would be my morning jacket but overall yeah. a very positive surprise but i i uh i know what my number one is unequivocally so beautiful i'm yeah i'll touch on a couple really quickly so sure, go for it i want to hear um it. Mickey Guyton, she's a star. She is um, a country singer, and she's known for um, being quite open about the struggles she's faced as a black woman in country music. Um, but huge talent. I think, did she release her album this year? I can't remember. Anyway, yeah, she brings kind of an arena rock feel, which I really like. Um, Mon Lafette, I believe, yeah, she is Chile's biggest artist. Um, oh okay so wow, that's awesome I think, that was great i, I love that yeah. hers brings a kind of not quite spaghetti western but like feels like a nighttime under stars in the desert feel. yes i wrote i think i wrote down nighttime like as one of my yes. like just little blurbs that i was writing like i wrote down like a stargazing maybe maybe it was stargazing it was a nighttime related term yes we'll say very um very cinematic that um the, another highlight for me was Trezor. Now he is, I have lost my notes on this, Trezor. He's Congolese. He makes, yeah, kind of Afropop. But that version felt like a lullaby to me, like um, like he's singing to a child or something and has this cool, like, spacey trip-hop arrangement. That one's probably, like, my pick for the hidden gem of the blacklist because I haven't really heard anyone talking about it. It's not the loudest or the quietest cover of nothing else matters, but it's like number four or something out of 12 for me, which is pretty high. That's, that's right up there. Yeah. That's solid. Your, well, our number one, we yeah, all know what it I is. I think we both know. I mean, 
was there there was i don't think there was really any doubt it's it's miley cyrus and, and everybody it's not just miley cyrus let me give credit it's yep. miley cyrus watt elton john yo-yo ma chad smith and the very one only rob trujillo from metallica which is sort of cheating but he didn't play that the is original, cheating so. can you cover yourself i don't i don't know if you can he, he didn't play in the original so he deserves a spot that's true that's true. Yeah. that is true so i guess that you're right there's a loophole he found the loophole but yeah uh I, 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 when this first, when this single dropped, I mm. listened to it, uh, sat there in stunned silence and said, okay, let's play that again. Yeah. <laughs> and that, okay, let's play that again. And, uh, played it like 50 times. Um, mm. and I, 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 I have never not, I don't want to say gotten emotional, but like it, it's mm. beyond like goosebumps. Yeah. Like the way her, her melodic delivery and her pure, her understanding of it, like she gets it. Like you just feel it. Like she gets it. And the, the her melodic choices are stunning. Her range is stunning. Uh, her her just her her timbre is stunning. So so pleasing to listen to uh, in my ears. Um, and yeah just just shiver inducing just really like this this to me is again this is this is what it can be like that we need more of this like the metal has metal is not just what a lot of people say it is that sounds really that sounds like really closed-minded of me to say and i don't (laughs) i don't want to insinuate that people think that like are closed-minded to things but what i mean by that is like like I, I, I used to be like, I'll quick story, super quick. Cause I know, Please. I know we have more to get to super quick. Um, I was a weird kid who would write essays in high school about how I thought the melodies in like a sonic syndicate song for who people don't know. That's like a Swedish melodeath band. Yeah. And, and the singer for like a band like that was like, had just as much melodic power and just as much like pop sensibility as like a Katy Perry. And I still sure. firmly believe that in my heart of hearts. And so what I mean when I say that about Miley Cyrus and doing this cover is that I, I hope that I just, I guess I just hope for more crossover because what burns in a pop star also burns in a metal star or burns in a metal band. Exactly. What is, what is in that, what is in one is in the other. And the, what separates them is so, is such a fine line. Uh, this really was a reflection of that to me and just how powerful and beautiful it was and what, mm. what that can truly represent at its best. I think that's why I, if I had to rank it, if I had to put a number one out of every song on this entire, on a, the entire blacklist, it is this one because yeah. no song uh, gives me goosebumps. and makes me feel as deeply as this cover. She just absolutely uh, took it to another level. Even beyond my expectations um, originally, because I remember talking, yeah, talking about this with Brandon when I, yeah, like probably this time last year, Miley first started talking about her doing a Metallica tribute album with Elton John. And like the way we interpreted that was Miley is covering (laughs) Metallica on a whole album. Yeah. It didn't happen. I mean, we, I still want that, but we got something. Fingers crossed for the future, right? Um, I'm going to be in the spirit of this song. I'm going to be indulgent and I'm going to read my blurb for metal hammer. Do it. Please do. <laughs> yeah. Do it. So I, I wrote, 
All right, this is one of the most indulgent covers ever recorded of any song by anyone. Every player on this is a star in their own right, and they each take their turn in the spotlight. Chad Smith brings a distinctly un-Lars finesse to his fills. Rob gets to be higher in the mix than Jason ever was. Elton and Yo-Yo Ma trade piano and cello solos. Watt, who is Miley's main producer, he shreds the guitar solo like he's actually trying to steal the show, while his sparkling loud-as-fuck production tries to outdo Bob Rock himself. And Miley, who is one of our great modern pop and rock stars, she's never sounded better. She's never sung with more sensitivity or weight. She's known for covering songs left and right, but she never sounds like anyone but herself. A truly transcendent cover is more than the sum of its parts. It's alchemy. Together, they honor nothing else matters like a sacred rock hymn. It's the stairway to heaven of the 90s, carved in stone, electrified, turned up to 11. It's utterly excessive. It's Metallica, and it is everything that the Black Album is supposed to be. Boom. Wow, man. It's beautiful. <laughs> and I, I remember, I do remember, I, and I remember reading that and being very, I've always struck by your writing. That's kind of how we first connected, was being yeah. struck by your anger article. But you have such a, a, a striking writing style. Um, and it, I couldn't have said it any better myself. You really did a, a wonderful job. And, you know, I know Elton John in and that when Metallica was on, um, yeah, Howard I don't know, Stern? this is not, I don't know what was, this was on, were they on Howard Stern at the same time? And he yes. was on and he said, yeah, cause they played it with Miley on, on, on Stern. And he said, I, he said, I think nothing else matters is one of the greatest songs ever written. And you can see, mm. uh, James Hetfield getting very teary eyed and he during like first he like, he's like, what? Like he has this kind of face, like shock he has to like process it but then he gets very emotional and uh it was powerful like yes it was uh it was very really beautiful to see i'm glad he was involved on this track and uh yeah it's uh it's uh it's soul lifting and when you find mm. something like that uh a cover especially a cover any song that lifts your lifts your soul like that and just uh pushes you to the brink like that and, and you can feel it like when like Miley is, is pushing you to the brink, especially with her voice, but the mm. instrumentation is, it only accentuates that when you're pushed to the brink like that, um, hold on to that. And, uh, it's special for sure. It's, it's a very uh, rare it's, thing indeed. It's a uh, really, um, not enough superlatives to, to talk about how much I love that cover. Um, Absolutely. and I knew I would, and it'll, it's only gotten better. Like I knew I would Agreed. from the first time I heard it. I was, I was floored by the first time and it's, it's one that only gets better. So bravo. Bravo, indeed. You know what else is rare? Covers of, of Wolf and Man. There's yeah. only one. So rare. Yeah. yeah. With, with those lyrics, you would think that this song would be like ripe for interpretation. But no, we only got yeah. one. I was surprised. I was very surprised that more bands didn't. Because I, if I also recall, I think that from what I, I, I listened to Metal Up Your Podcast interview, uh, Avi from Goodnight Texas, who yep. covered this song. Um, and I think the way he he talked about it was at least in his reaching out that they were kind of letting each artist just pick their favorite song. Correct, and like, yeah. And so I'm surprised that more artists didn't pick this because it's such a powerful, driving, really good song. Like I would put this right up there with Rome. It's kind of like Rome mm. with me, where it's like it's a very good Metallica song, and it's 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 really it's up there on the record. Uh, again, I think this this might crack my top five mm. um, on the Black Album. I mean. Um, but it's it's an extremely strong Metallica track in my eyes, and I'm surprised more didn't more artists didn't pick it. But I remember him saying that he specifically picked it because no one else had done it. Because you know, uh, for one, I think it would draw more eyes to to an artist to to a band like his, which is yeah. smart. Um, but also just because uh, oh, I wish I could remember, I'm blanking. But there was another reason. But listen to that podcast; it's there. But 
Yeah, I'm really glad he did. I'm really glad that that they did choose a cover because I I really liked this cover. This was mm. this this was probably a, this was a top five cover for me. I think. Sweet, yeah. This one grew on me the most between the first time I heard it and later on. But um, yeah, some background. Uh, Goodnight Texas. They are they're pretty much part of the Metallica family. Like Avi, who is one of the duo, um, he's also a Metallica roadie, and he's played with Metallica several right. times. He, he works in their studio. He works in HQ. Yeah. Um, so he, I think he sang backup vocals at S and M two. He started plays, with them. I, I, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. Yeah. Go ahead. Ah, um, yeah. And he's played like mandolin with them, including at helping hands that show that we've talked about before. Yep. That's exactly, um, that's exactly what I was going to say. Was that, I believe yes. that was the first time he appeared live with them was that. And on yeah. that, on that like live recording of the helping hands uh, performance. And then from there, I think yeah, every time they play all within my hands, the, the new acoustic arrangement of yes. it, he's always really involved in some way. He was at S at M too. Um, so anyway, I apologize for interrupting. That oh, was no, very no. rude of me. <laughs> um, I was going to say, yeah, while the original Wolf and Man is very violent, um, their version's more like Appalachian folk. And it feels, feels like it's more about man's harmony with nature. It's quite mm-hmm. calming to me. And, um, I would say I don't like the vocals as much to me. There's maybe not as much nuance in the delivery as I would like, but the atmosphere is great. Um, yeah. Again, I wish that there were, you know, two or three covers, but I'm not disappointed by this one at all. Yeah, I uh, I agree with you 100%. Uh, atmosphere is, is my keyword for this one as well. Um, my vibe was definitely like, my wife walked in actually when, when the song was, I was listening to it out loud and she was like, man, I feel like I'm like walking to, I feel like this is like someone like walking to the gallows and like a, a Gothic Western is what she said. Mm. And like, I pic- I pictured that too. Like kind of it's, it's, it's mournful. Like is is the kind of tone I got from it. It, it feels like a very, like uh, almost like reflective mournful kind of thing. Like someone kind of like, yeah. again, like my wife said, like walking to the gallows, like before their death, kind of reflecting on human nature and things you know uh, things that they've done wrong and the person that they were and the violent violence they've committed and becoming a wolf and mm. you know tearing apart you know tearing apart the, the the sheep and you know like you said it's a very violent song but the way they they did it uh felt very kind of uh sad and reflective uh kind of pensive and uh i like that i really like i like that a lot. i had no problem with the vocal delivery i think it it fit with you know their kind of uh, why do I want to say cottage core? It's not cottage core. <laughs> it's, it's not kind cottage core. It's, it's, it's kind of twee in a way, where it's kind of got like little. It's yeah. got bells and kind of uh, interesting, you know, odd instrumentation kind of in there that you expect in like a Decemberist song or something. Uh, so, but I don't, I don't mind it. It, it again, it feels like it belongs in a movie of some sort, like an indie film, an indie western, and uh, yeah. I'm fine with that. I liked it very much. So. This might be the only cover here that I would love Metallica. I would love to hear Metallica do their own version of it. It just feels compatible with like acoustic you mean, Metallica, you know? I was going like to say, you mean like, like, like them do an acoustic version of this version or correct. like doing them do their own acoustic version? No, they, they cover the Goodnight Texas version of their own song. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, that out of all the scenarios that could happen, that's probably the, <laughs> the one yeah. that's, closest to probably actually happening so i mean 
you may be more prophetic than you give yourself credit for. (laughs) Moving on. Um, The God That Failed. I love the original. I think it's always been underrated. Love the lyrics. Love the kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like the venom in them. The the venom, the, the, what's the what? The, the like venom in the lyrics, just the kind yeah, of just like a Yeah. Just a, cause this is, this is a very, per, this is another very personal song for James. This is the song yeah. talking about, uh, he was raised a Christian scientist yeah. and um, his mother, I believe had cancer, but in according to Christian science belief, you're not allowed to uh, really accept modern medicine or like accept yes. modern medical treatment. You kind of just have to kind of trust in your faith and that God will kind of, Mm. save you from whatever illness befalls you and she died unfortunately and uh mm. i think this is this song is kind of from what i know about it it's it's his reflections on it's him kind of like it's sh- it's him shaking the fist and just kind of uh you know turning his back on the god that failed him you know yeah. the god that failed so the 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 turning his back on the religion and maybe all religion and yeah a very biting song a very uh a very uh, personal, personally biting song, a song that you listen to and you feel has a, a different sense of a different sense of weight and a different kind of snarls to it because it's coming from a completely uh, a, a slightly different place, a more a place rooted in a very deep set of tra- a deep sense of trauma. Yeah. Um, so I, I agree with you. It's, it's not my favorite. It's not one of my favorites. Mm. It's, it never really has been one of my favorites, but I agree with you in its assessment. It's, it's just a personal taste in the way it, in, in a, it's a more of a melodic thing for me. I've never been a big fan of the way it's melodically structured. Sure. Okay. Um, um, but I definitely appreciate it uh, lyrically and thematically. Hmm. Same. Now there are only two versions of this um, idols and Imelda may. I will, I will go to bat for idols. Um, I think the Imelda one, Imelda may one is okay, but it's not, doesn't quite, get to what it's aiming for for me whereas idols like they are a british not not quite hardcore punk band they're more like a street kind of old school punk band but um very very like working class image and concerns i guess but their one just completely hits the mark for me it's intense but it's looser and more frenetic but still like anti-authoritarian in its own way um, and I believe the frontman Joe Talbot also has had like a lot of grief over the death of his mother. So again, there's that personal connection. Um, to me, this one just feels perfect. Like it's, I would say equal to the original for me, but really? again, I might wow. be revisiting this one more these days. Uh, that's wow. That's, that's really interesting. Cause I'm, I'm on the exact opposite side. I, hmm. I, I really, I didn't care for that, that cover very much. I think um, the I'm, I'm, the Americans have an idols bias. Maybe I have I, seen I think that more, when it becomes kind of like spoken word, or when it has that kind of like free flowing kind of chaotic nature to it. Punk is supposed to be chaotic. I don't take anything away from it from that, but it just doesn't. Yeah. it never really did anything for me. It just doesn't kind of resonate with me on on that level. It doesn't vibrate, give me that kind of vibration that a lot of other genres do. And mm. this this version just kind of felt too chaotic. For me, yeah. I, felt, I felt too kind of lost in the chaos and it didn't just how um, it was the opposite of the off punk cover where I felt the right. off punk cover did a really great job of capturing the energy of holier than thou. Mm. This one didn't necessarily feel warranted for a song like the God that failed. It felt a little too chaotic for, for a song like that. Um, 
but then again, there were only two choices. Yes. So I, I, my pick is obviously Imelda May. And again, I, I don't think that this is like a mind blowing cover. Uh, I think it's very solid. I think that she, again, there's a lot of facets of this. It's like a, a slightly lighter, more pared down version, but still kind of in line with the original. Um, and I'm okay with that being the song, not one of my, having the song be not one of my favorites uh, on yep. the black album. I'm more than happy to, to choose that and have it kind of be in line that way. Um, and I, her voice is, is, is nice. And her vocal delivery was, was good for me. Um, I was fine with it, but that, but that's, sure. that's about it. It's solid, but yeah, nothing, nothing really too, again, uh, too much that elevates it above other covers we've talked about, but again, we only had two choices. So, True. uh, I just wanted, I just didn't, the other one was just too chaotic and didn't kind of capture the, the energy in the right way for me. Hmm. For me. Yeah. I, I admit, I don't feel the emotion in her words as much as idols. I think that's the main thing that does it for me. Um, yeah. cause I like her arrangement, but yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say that this song is a, was a wash because every, every, yeah. every band has merit, like every, everybody's work and the effort they put in and every totally. artist has merit, but it, it's a wash in the sense of in, I mean that in the, in the sense of um, it's, it's just not one that like I had, I had low, not low expectations, but like when you, mm. when a certain song is, has a, it, when it's not, kind of resonating at the same level as most of the other songs on the record. Like I, I think I'll go as far as to say it's my least favorite song actually sure. on the black album. So when, when it, when it sits in kind of that place, um, you know, and there's only two choices. I think that there's only so much you can do with that. Right. True. True. My friend of misery, this is top half of the black album for me. I know okay. that it's not for a lot of people. Um, this was the other big surprise. This was another yeah. song where I, I enjoyed every single cover very much. So, oh. um, and I actually think I enjoyed every cover of this song. Like it's the highest low bar, meaning like yeah. everything is like excellent to like, in, like incredibly good to excellent. I would say. I think I'm going um, to agree with that. Yeah. For this, for this song. Yeah. And uh, this was, this was one where I, I, I said earlier on, we would talk about, I think I like the, some covers off this album more than, metallica's original version there are actually mm. two covers wow. uh, that i liked more than metallica's original version of this song cool. um so i mean but all of them are highlights i mean uh the only one that is not among the two uh that's just slightly lower is kamasi washington but even that really? was that was even that was really even even that was a a really great cover that i really enjoyed i think it's just because um I, i'm not a big I know he's not like a, a typical jazz musician. I'm just not a big mm. kind of like jazz instrumentative fan. Like there's sure, more kind yeah. of jazz instrumentation used. Um, but even I appreciated it in the context and structure of my friend of misery. It just works like the way that yeah. song is structured naturally and the way that the lyrics flow in this kind of like st- start stop kind of it, the flow of the original song is, is kind of, jarring and jittery in a, in a yes. lot of ways it's it's staggered and jagged and i think that that serves the, the cover very well and i i think that all the performers are excellent like the musicianship mm. on that song like really stood out to me on that cover um but just it's just slightly below just because of the that's just because of the world that i don't I, I i'm not really inundated in and i don't have as much appreciation for and it's just mm. it's not something that just resonates with me as strong as it does with other people. But um, if you might, if you don't mind, I'll just go right Please. into the, the other two. Um, this is like a, this was like a wow moment. Like, uh, like not as big as wow is like obviously the Miley Cyrus 
cover, but these two more because it was unexpected. Wow. I never mm. heard of cherry glazer and I never heard of, again, I hope I uh, forgive me for pronouncing this. It's a, it's a, it's a, I'm not sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, both just, uh, I, I can't say, I can't say enough good things. The first, the first one that kind of like stomp the stomp to it and the, the attitude and the, the the devil may care kind of attitude and the 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 vocals just everything just worked and uh it just had like a re- a, a teenage rebel sense of attitude that that's the, the cherry the glazer one right yeah that that's yep. the cherry glazer one yep i'm going down uh from from oh. top to bottom uh actually i didn't because i started with the last one but from here uh-huh. on yep. um yeah but no it had such like a a, a teen a, a rebellious attitude to it that the the original one just didn't have and also like it the the both it has the bleh. this song has also one of my favorite lines even though it's not one of my favorite songs on the black album it has one of my favorite lines of metallica lyrics on the uh on this record which is the empty can rattles they say the empty can rattles yeah. the most and i i don't know why i like that line i just really do um something maybe it's the, like the way that the sentences flows together so nicely and it's a very evocative image and uh, a very potent metaphor for uh, people that are can understand that and are going through a lot. And I'm sure James Hatfield resonated with that line when he wrote it. Um, but the way it's delivered by by Cherry Glazer and the the other band, I'll just say my number one. It was a tough pick. I had to pick between the two. They could have easily been number one, but I picked It's It's Aya. Um, her voice was a little smoother, and I but I liked the Rebel kind of the rebel girl, the riot girl kind of vibe of the cherry glazer track and the, the stomp of the guitar and the, the punchiness mm. of it. I really liked all that. Um, but the it's track had a, a little bit more gloss to it. And I think uh, for some reason, it, it kind of brought me back to the Rina Sawayama track earlier on mm. in the, and the kind of sheen that I, that I liked in it. And I, I appreciated her delivery and, uh, it had the, again one of the another one of those that had kind of uh, indescribable qualities to why I liked it, but it it, it felt that it ele- I felt that it elevated that song. Both of those elevated mm. that song, so both of cool. those would be uh, songs that I would I actually do like more than the original Metallica version. Interesting, yeah. That that my friend of misery, like again, it's not as polarizing as Don't Tread on Me, but people really do fall into camps of like loving it or just thinking it's okay. Yeah, Long yeah, enough. it's the and I love it. The, so, it's the it's the it's the instrumental that that never was because I know it started. Uh, it was originally going yes. to be like kind of in in the vein of like to live is to die and yeah. Orion, like uh, a, 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 a really a showcase for Jason. Yeah, I believe to kind of to kind of have his moment, um, and he does in the in the beginning of the song. Yeah, um, but it turned into something else. It turned into an actual you know track with him kind of leading into it. Um, but I don't know. I, I always, I always liked his, his bass on that track. I found it very haunting even yes. in its simplicity. Um, again, Jason, uh, a fan favorite member for sure. But mm. I always got the sense that he was a, he was one of the most introspective members of Metallica. Even if he didn't write a lot of lyrics, I always got the yes. sense that he was someone very in touch with himself. I mean, we, he, he let that, he was very, uh, a, clear with that in uh, some kind of monster and his mm. his conviction to leave and him never really regretting it and him doing what he knew it was best for himself 
Exactly. Um, but he, but in, in what he did write and what he, and how he played in his passion and performances. Um, I think I appreciate the song because, because this was his moment to kind of stand alone. And I feel, I feel that kind of uh, inward looking self when he plays that kind of simple baseline has a melodic, uh, the way it's the way it's melodically composed is um, mm. sad, mournful, yes. and I feel like it comes from somewhere in him that uh, maybe we, a lot of people don't know, but it's it's from a from a darker place. And I but I and I think that that's not necessarily what I was looking for, you know, coming into this one. Mm. Obviously, because both of these are so different, I think I was kind of viewing this one the way I kind of viewed Enter Sandman, where I was kind of looking for like a uh, a turn, and I, I again going back to the Rena track, the it's the yeah. track um, was a mirror to that. So I, that was my mm. pick. It's yeah, you're right. The, the opening bass intro is very bark like, I guess. Yeah. Um, but for me, I love, I love that, but I also love the contrast with the chorus with the key change and everything. So that's one of my favorite Hetfield performances actually like ever, because his vocals sound just so sharp and cutting. Um that's wild that that's wild that I think both of those songs are I like them better than the original Metallica version. But mm. hey, that's a testament to the 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 talent of these artists. And uh I I'm really glad that I did because Absolutely. I will I'll I'll that track will take on new meeting and uh great job to Cherry Glazer and Itsaya for just uh blowing me away on that. So I think my order is reversed from yours. So I like the Itzia one, but I I think I sort of wish she'd tackled a different song to me because it felt like the vocal register didn't totally match up for me, but it was good. I did like that. They played the guitar solo on synth brass for no reason. Sound like Van Halen's jump. I don't know why, but all right, that's cool. I love um, that. Cherry glaze. I described as equal parts misery business by Paramore and my friend of misery. Um, it's a very classically like Gen Z indie bedroom pop rock cover. Um, in that it's a bit garagey, but it's also quite produced. And that's a style that's really only coming into vogue, like in the last two years, probably. So we're going to hear a lot more bands that sound like, yeah, that. I was totally unfamiliar. So this is all news to me, but, uh, maybe that's why I like it. Cause I love misery of business and I love Paramore. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's an artist called Biba Doobie, which is an awful name, but, um, she is very much in the same vein. Like, I think she's like early twenties and, um, poppy but those kind of heavy weezer guitars which is really cool um but yeah kamazi washington blew me away and that's my number four overall um i i found that like when i crossed i mean i've always liked jazz but there's something about like when you turn 30 and you know you're just like okay you know modern music it's like, there i think i'm gonna get exists. into jazz now <laughs> exactly yeah um, everyone has a jazz phase or a lot of people have a jazz phase and I'm in my jazz phase. Um, I'm into the period I really love is like sort of, I, I guess it's, you, you call it like post bop to fusion. So it's like late fifties to early seventies, I guess, Ooh. which is when like Miles Davis and Charles Bingus and all of them were trying, they were really starting to break the mold break jazz apart and make it more yeah. in line with classical music while still having the, right. what was unique to jazz, which is like the harmonies, the improvisation, all of that. And Kamazi Washington's like a modern 
incarnation of them without being a throwback at all. There's like a lot of, you know, academy jazz that's quite conservative and quite quiet these days. But Kamazi's a rock star and um, he just commands his band with so much confidence. It's like, I mean, it is recognizable as a cover because of the lyrics and the delivery, which is, um, here's a female vocalist, Patrice Quinn, who she does it in, you know, the bottom of her register. She brings out a different kind of darkness to those words, but it's so like technically solid and exploratory. Um, it's just fascinating to me. Like it has a little bit of Miley's nothing else matters vibes in that everyone's trying to outdo each other, but it totally works for the song. Um, and yeah, I wrote, it's no mere recitation. It's a fearless exploration of all the feelings that the word misery conjures. Um, if only it was three times as long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, it's uh, again, this was right there. Like it, it could have easily like, you know, it was, it was just a hair's breadth away uh, from all three kind of being on an equal playing field. And it, it's just a personal thing with me. It's like, it's mm. again, they, these are incredible musicians and like, I, I respect the hell out of them. And, admire the way that they did things and like the way that they, it's perfectly structured around the original song and and like it just it feels like a, like you said a natural kind of continuation of uh, like a natural place to go for for my yeah. friend of misery so yeah i agree with you and kudos to all of these bands this was this was this and nothing else matters were two of my biggest surprises yeah um so and especially you wouldn't think that for a song like this but uh everybody knocked it out of the park in my eyes for this one Mm. Final track, but not final for us. The Struggle Within. So this is a song that I, f- I feel like is never talked about by itself. And also it wasn't played by Metallica until 2012 live, quite famously. What are your thoughts? Um, this is the next grower for me. Like this is, this is the one I think that's coming after Through the Never for me. Like I've, I've kind of, I kind of discovered them. I discovered them, but rediscovered them around the same time and through the never kind of resonated with me a little quicker. It's a little bit more immediate of a song. Mm. Um, Struggle Within, uh, I think it's a it's a little less hooky, um, but I still really like it for its aggr- it's a it's a really pun- again another short, punchy kind of like holier than thou mm. uh, aggressive track to cap the album, and I kind of like that. But I don't think it's I've fully grasped. It's it hasn't gotten to its full potential with me yet, but it's it's a it's going to be another one of those growers for me. It's yeah. in the it's in the adolescent stages for me. Is how <laughs> I feel about it. That's true. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it's a great song in isolation. Partly because you compare it to the songs that came before, like Cthulhu, Damaging, Daisy. Those are all incredible songs by themselves. Yeah, but I do think it is perfect, like up tempo album closer for the Black Album. It's also a song that couldn't have written before. 1991 um again in that you know it's heavy and aggressive but it's very poppy weirdly enough interesting i yeah i I don't know if i interpret it interpret that way i think i need here's the thing i will i think i'll reserve my i think i'm uneducated enough i think i need to go back and (laughs) listen to it more you probably listened to that one particular track a lot more than than i have for sure i think that's one that i definitely need to give more spins and i think i'll it'll take on a new dimension i'll say i think it'll take on a new dimension for me um, if I give it some more listens, yep. I listen to it not nearly as much as pretty much every other track on the Black Album, sure. and definitely not nearly as 
you know, many other Metallica tracks across other other albums for sure. The um yeah, the reason I say that is because as a song, it's very compressed. It's like five minutes of material in three. Um, right. same as Hardwired, the title track for me. And I think that's part of its appeal. Although a lot of to a lot of metal fans, like they want songs to kind of flow and ebb and flow like a classical piece. And this is just like compressed and dynamic like a pop song almost. Yeah. Okay. So, that, now I yeah. understand what you're saying in that in that vein. Absolutely. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. But to me, that's the appeal of a lot of the black album. But anyway, Rodrigo y Gabriela. Um, they give us the one cover of the song. They are a Mexican um, flamenco duo. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I don't know much about them, but I've, I I know that they're just a, a duo, uh, and that that's their that's what they do is play instrumental acoustic guitars, and they they've done I think they've done ar- arrangements of other covers. I think in their they've past, done Orion. I think yeah. one as well. Stone yeah. Heaven. I know they're they're like. I think I think they've gotten a lot of notoriety, especially on the internet, because of like their arrangements of of stuff. People kind of stumble upon them for that reason. But they're it's incredibly it's it's definitely a fun to listen to and uh, uh, very talented musicians for sure. Yeah, I remember them like sort of them and Apocalyptica being mentioned in the same breath back in the day, like probably right. fifteen years ago. Again, Apocalyptica. Yeah, they basically kicked off the trend of Metallica covers in the early nineties, I think. Yep. Yep. And they've so, gone on to they've gone on to collab with other artists and kind of become yeah. a more of like a rock band because like a lot of the records yes. they release have so many guest vocalists that it's basically like a just a, a hard rock record. Um but yeah, in their early days they started as I think a purely Metallica like cover group, but just with cellos, yeah. like four dudes with cellos. Um but yeah, they're a band I need to dive deeper into. But going back to the cover, I, I've i heard some really good covers by Rodrigo Gabriela. To me, this one is just fine. Maybe because the material doesn't really lend itself to a more classical, more acoustic interpretation. Um, it is very good and it is well played. Um, to me, there's no surprises here, though. Like, it just ends the album on a quiet note, which feels... yeah. I guess that feels appropriate given you've just sat through like four hours of music. So yeah, I, I agree with you. It, it did feel a little anticlimactic to me. I, I I will also I also said it was, it's it was fine. It was fun to listen to, mainly just to kind of like admire and bask in the musicianship and the the skill of these players. But yeah, I think it was just fine too. But and that's the, I think the reason why I said it was just fine is because um, this was the last track I listened to, the most recent one I, I yeah. listened to. I just kind of had it on in the background and it didn't necessarily like stir anything in me. Yes. Like I, and I think that's why it's fine. Like I I really like it. Like most of the songs I picked, like aroused something in me to some degree, this one uh, just, it didn't really, you know, pull my emotions in any particular direction. It just was like, Oh, like this is lovely. Like very, very talented musicians. And, Mm. you know, I, I admire what they're doing and I'm listening to it and, that's how I feel. So like that. So I, I, I think I agree with your assessment, but maybe on a slightly different level, but I think we both yeah. kind of got something similar out of it. True. And again, it makes me wish that there was more than one cover of this because right. I don't even know how someone who's like not a hard rock band would interpret the struggle within. I wouldn't even yeah, know where to start. So yeah, I, I, again, I need to go back and listen to this more and I'd probably have a different, a uh, uh, better, more well thought out answer for you. Yeah. Um, if I listen to it more, this is again, 
definitely a grower of a song. Definitely a song yep. that I'm willing. There's always Metallica songs that you kind of pass them by. Yeah. And then you, maybe you hear them once and you're like, okay, this is one that I, that needs more attention, but there's so much, there's so many other things diverting your attention. So many other songs that demand your attention that some get lost in the shuffle. And this is one that yeah. I need to set some time aside for to, to give some more spins to, but doesn't mean it's any better or worse. doesn't mean it's any worse than anything else. Just needs a little more sure. tender love and care from me. I'm going to throw out a suggestion. So there is a bit of like marching snare in this song. It's very up-tempo, very driving. I'd love to hear like a New Orleans-style marching band cover it. I want to throw okay, it like out. Okay, like a Zydeco cover. Yeah, yeah. Like um, like a second line, you know, marching band with snares and brass and yeah. stuff. That'd be a lot of fun. That, that'd be... that that. Uh, the more the more weird like i'm i'm always down to dive into the weird like yeah the, the more like let's get some like sultry some like classical like celtic instruments like it, yeah. let's get like Cel- let's get a celtic women cover yeah. of a song like i'm i'm all for like the out like out really are far outside the box the more directions we go the better i think i can throw out one band that could actually cover this which is brass against do you know them uh, I, I don't know if the, and this is, is this something I should talk about on the podcast? Did you hear the, like the, the news that, that happened the other day when they played at welcome to Rockville No, in Florida? Well, welcome to Rockville. You can cut this out if it's inappropriate. I don't okay. think it's too inappropriate. It's more just funny. Yeah. Um, it's, it's body humor. Um, right. So uh, they, they were playing at uh, welcome to Rockville, which is a big uh, rock and metal festival in Florida. I think in Jacksonville, it's one of the big Danny Wimmer presents festivals that, that are, that are put on here in the United States, which is a big production company. They do like aftershock and louder than life. These big kind of three day, four day event, uh, camping rock festivals. Um, so they were playing at welcome to Rockville and the, the lead vocalist, I, I don't know her name. Um, uh, she was complaining that she had to pee for like the entire set. Oh and so in the middle of the set, a fan <sighs> came up, and laid down and volunteered to like be like her personal toilet and she peed uh, on his face. Really? Yep. Wow. That is um, are, someone's it all over, fulfilled. All over uh, metal Twitter and metal Twitter today. <laughs> wow. I've been logged off. So I had never heard of that band. It was so funny wow. that you brought them up. I had literally never heard of them until today because of that. <laughs> um, I, but I don't want to let right. I am. <laughs> I promise you, I am not writing them off for that reason <laughs> and that reason alone. I will more than happily because I, I did read about them. They did describe yeah. them that they're like a, a cover band that plays like a brass covers of like Tool and Rage Against the Machine and like pretty much I'm, with guitar I'm, and drums. I'm so down for that. Like. I, and with a female vocalist, like I'm so down for that. And she, and she's a, she's a black woman, which is great. We yeah. need more of that. And like, again, I am so down for this. Like I, it is very unfortunate that that was how I had to find out who this band was, <laughs> but at its surface, like purely, purely musically, I am so down to discover more of this band. Yeah. They, um, they only do one thing, but they do that one thing. Well, and I'm going to conclude by saying that holding in your bladder, that is the true struggle within. Boom. Bye. Yes. Log off. <laughs> See ya. Hey, Brandon. Uh, yeah, have fun editing this episode. Yeah. Oh, boy. I cannot. Uh, oh, wait. Are we, are we doing honorable mentions? Or <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We okay. could do it we, quick. We could do, we could do a, a real uh, a short honorable mentions, even though we pretty much talked about our honorable mentions. Well, I think let's, pretty let's much do our bonus much. track because I didn't want to conclude uh this discussion with a song where we had no choice so 
so pick so pick like another another track from the blacklist and make it like a bonus like on our list here. yeah or even from other, uh, somewhere else if okay well you go yeah. first i'll so sure. i want to hear what you do so i can kind of go off of your i'll just copy off your test cool so there was yeah there was one song where number one and two were so close that it felt wrong to exclude the other one and that is igor levitt's nothing else matters now he Love is that one too yep Oh, look, he is a, Ger- a Russian-born, German-based concert pianist. Um, and for me, it's like, I do play the piano. I have a history with it. I um, never really continued in depth to get to, like, concert pianist kind of stuff. But for me, Metallica picked, like, the absolute correct uh, pianist to reinterpret the song. Mm. And the way he does it is it's... um. He takes the melody and the feel and it starts out at a point that's recognizable and interacts with the vocal melody and everything, but it just flows so beautifully and so elegantly until he gets to like the two thirds mark. And he goes into this crazy series of like key changes that just take it to this other psychedelic kind of realm. And to me, that's so, it's just so fascinating. Like I would love to see, I'd love to see the sheet music because I know that he actually did not write the music. He was like, um, oh, I got this invitation by Metallica to cover a song. I want to do Nothing Else Matters. But he reached out to a different composer to actually write the arrangement for him, which is really fascinating. Yeah, Um, that is fascinating. I'd be interested in that too. Because my first thought was like, I wonder if someone who was involved in like SNM too, like composed. No, surprisingly, no. And sent it to him, but no, I mean, I'm, I'd be, I'd love to hear about who he reached out to and how that all came together. I love behind the scenes stuff like yeah. that. I'm, uh, I'm also surprised that they didn't pick Lang Lang, who, um, he's the Chinese pianist who Metallica played with. They played one at the Grammys with. Okay. Um, and he's a bit, he's, I think, less subtle, but he's more of a rock star persona. Um, but for me, I, I just love this cover so much. It's my number three overall. And, um, it also feels like it could be an appropriate way to end the album with like a deconstruction of Metallica that's very dynamic and very daring, but also like quiet and soothing when it needs to be. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 I love that cover. I, I love that cover uh, a lot. I really like, I, I agree with you. Um, I, I already told you my feelings about it during the, yep. during that section, but that was right up there again. Nothing else matters was uh big uh, really pleasant surprise but if i i now that i understand the question and like yes. how what to put where um i think it's only fitting that we end where we began and Ooh. i really do i really do love that ghost cover of understand man i really mm. do i love them uh i think that would be a great a great closer because I, I i felt the ending was a little anticlimactic again we're not yes. viewing this as like a front to back album but i would have liked to have ended on a little energy and I think that's a perfect, perfect theatrical way to end. Again, it's the first song. Make it the last song. Very true. People love it. You know, they're they're that people love that band. Uh, metalheads love that. Well, actually, I would, there there is some conjecture. A lot of metalheads don't love that band, but they should because huh. they're great. Um, but even my wife loves even my wife loves that band. Who's not a huge metalhead? That's why I appreciate hmm. them because uh, she loves ABBA and their dark ABBA, and it's fun cool. and spooky and. Halloween just passed. I know we're getting closer to Thanksgiving, but Halloween just passed. So that's my reason. And I'm sticking to it. That's why I'm picking ghost. Beautiful. Um, I mean, have you heard the, uh, their cover of it at the 
Polar Music Prize? Their cover. Oh, the the one. Yeah, I did. I the it original. Was all, it was like the first. It was the intro to the song, but it was all slow. Like it was all down tempo. I think wasn't it? Um, or, or, or was it pretty much the same where it was like slow, slow opening and then regular tempo? No, it's, it's kind of the same arrangement with a, a more live feel. Oh, okay, well maybe I, maybe I don't remember it then. I just remember I remember maybe I started watching it and I thought it was all going to be slow, and I I was like, okay, I get what they're doing, but like I, I'd like something a little more up tempo, like yeah. like they did, like they switched into this one. So, but I know they did. I saw like. I did see some part of that performance. Yeah. One day, Brandon and I will talk about the entire Polar Music Prize show. Um, somehow we talked about Lulu before it, which is wild to me, but there you go. <laughs> oh boy. All Girl. right. So to recap, um, yeah, let's let us summarize our track lists. So Enter Sandman for you. Rina Sawayama, a great pop, dark, spooky dance floor banger. Ghost for me, uh, just cannot be beaten, spooky. Uh, sad but true. Uh, Royal Blood, uh, it's all about the riff. They do a great job on the whiff. The riff, not the whiff. They don't whiff on the riff. Yes. Uh, that carries a lot of weight. Uh, great fuzz guitar. Um, just to, captures the spirit of the song in a completely different way. Um, Great job on it. Me, St. Vincent, she has just done the Nine Inch Nails Prince uh, version of My Nightmares. So love it. Holy the Now. Uh, Biffy Clyro, uh, just total uh, unexpected joy, uh, dreamlike, uh, just not what you're expecting, but incredibly melodically pleasing and yet still maintaining a rock edge. Um, expect the unexpected. Uh, did not expect the unexpected, but it turned out to be uh, absolutely the right choice for that. I've gone for the demented sounds of off uh, the unforgiven. Uh, ha ash. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, again, the whole track was a little bit of a disappointment. I don't think anybody truly got the gravitas, but ha ash definitely got the closest. Um, love the, the Spanish vocals. Um, her voice is absolutely lovely. Um, very true to the spirit of the original song and a lot of the arrangement. Um, just a solid, solid cover overall. Beautiful. I think Moses Sumney gave me everything I did not know I wanted from The Unforgiven. I'm very pleased with that. Wherever I may roam, where will you roam? Again, a little little, uh, little let down, but uh, Jay Balvin did the best. Um, just a lot of fun, uh, infectious energy, uh, and a, a great influencer and uh, someone who can spread uh, a little bit of Metallica to uh, the rest of the world. So that's my pick. Yeah. For me, Chase and Status featuring Backroad G just makes me want to, I don't know, go to like a UK boxing event or something, even though, even though I'm not into it. I'm going to let you do Volbeat. I'm let you do this one. Volbeat, Danish, melodic, rock and roll, heavy. What, what could you ask for? Don't be haters, guys. Just embrace yeah. the fun. Don't be haters, guys. Don't be gatekeepers. Just have fun. Have fun yeah. always as the, uh, not to steal their trademark, but I believe huh. what, the, what the Metal Up Your Podcast guys say when they say have fun always, because fun is important and fun it's belongs in metal. So have some fun. Exactly. Through the never. Uh, for me, the who. Um, really, really glad that the who decided to cover this. Uh, if you have not heard of the who, go out and listen to them immediately. Uh, Mongolian rock band, 
uh, rock in quotes, but using traditional Mongolian folk instruments. Uh, just a great group of guys that seem like really great souls and uh, infectious energy, uh, close to the spirit of the original song. Uh, it's heavy, but in a different way, and I love the diversity, so that's my pick. It is very good. I've gone with Chami Owo, Nigerian R&B. I often do this thing where, like, when I'm singing along to metal songs, I'll, like, add R&B, like, melisma over it, whoa, whoa. which is very funny. Um, so she is, uh, she has captured the essence of that for me. Um, nothing else matters. You we both pick Miley. One. Yeah. You got to say this one. Cause I mean, you're the, your your blurb, your, your blurb that you used in the, uh, <laughs> metal hammer piece was, uh, very striking. So take it, it away. Th- this cover is, it's so rock that it's almost spinal tap, right? It's, <laughs> it almost topples over with its sheer ridiculousness, but it is a beautiful thing, and it is absolutely the cover that this song deserves. And we need more of this. More, more of this, please. And Miley, if you're listening to this podcast by some random chance, uh, please do proceed with that full uh, covers album that we thought you were originally going to make. Absolutely. Of Wolf and Man, we don't get a choice, but you articulate it better than me. Yeah, uh, I really like the... It's Goodnight Texas, they're the only ones, but... Um, this feels like it belongs in a, in an indie Western. Um, it's a mournful, reflective, pensive, quiet track, kind of a, a, a reflection on violence in my eyes. And, uh, just a really, uh, uh, introspective inner, inner looking track. So, um, I chose it. I mean, we both, there's no other choice, but yeah. I would, it's very good. So I would recommend you listen to that for, for those reasons, if you're into that. And enthusiastic, non-choice but an endorsement <laughs> nonetheless the god that failed uh mine is imelda may um again it's my least favorite track off the actual black album so this one's you know it's a it's a solid cover there's really not too much that blows my mind but if you're if you're if you like the song the god that failed and you want like a uh very pleasant uh solid uh female vocal cover um that does you know mix things up a little bit i would recommend this to me idols i think as someone in australia um i i I sit between like the us and uk kind of uh polls i guess so it was fun like being able to write about the blacklist for metal hammer and actually like be able to acknowledge like the britishness of certain things you know because you know they would probably go to bat for it even more than me but Idols, yes, please, please cover the entire Black <laughs> Album. I'm down for it. Uh, my Friend of Misery. Um, the absolute standout uh, track that for, for the Blacklist. So if you get a chance, listen to all of them. Um, yeah. But my pick is for Itzia, Just Edging Out, Cherry Glazer. Um, brings me back to the Sawayama track from earlier. Really shiny, glossy, but uh, got an attitude and... Uh, uh, a, a dance floor banger kind of vibe to this song. And my friend of misery already has such kind of an attitude and emotion behind it that this mm. just elevates it. And uh, I like it better than the original Metallica version. So that should be endorsement enough, I suppose. Beautiful. Kamazi Washington for me, just inject his style of jazz into my veins. That's all I need. Um, struggle within. We don't have a choice. It's good. It's, it's Rodrigo another one, guys. If you like fun and you enjoy good musicianship yeah. and uh, you appreciate 
instrumentals, put it on in the background while you're having your morning coffee. Yes. Like, like enjoy, have a sit down at night when you're sitting in your chair with a beer and relaxing, pop it on the stereo. It's a nice kind of mood music. It's very pleasant to listen to. Yes. Finally, bonus track. Mine is Eagle. That's, Liver, Ro- that's Rodrigo and Gabriella, by the way. I didn't want to forget the Bonus track. Mine is Eagle Levitt's Nothing Else Matters. Just takes me up into the clouds. And uh, mine is Ghosts and her Sandman, as Richard so eloquently said. It's it's spooky, guys. It's it's spooky ABBA. If you love great melody, great pop sensibility with a little bit with some distorted guitars, um, and you like Mamma Mia, then <laughs> you should listen to Ghost immediately. <laughs> Mamma Mia, indeed. Uh, we have gone almost three hours on this You would podcast. think we did actually go through the entire... Uh, blacklist at, at this length but we just we're just very passionate kind of. it was a t- it would, those were not easy choices guys there were a no. lot of good choices i mean the only choice where we converged was volbeat and that was a no-brainer so that that was that was and miley uh, those were two ah, no-brainers true. yes two two obvious no-brainers and i and did you say and miley was your number one for all 53 that's i thought you were calling that, that that's the same for me so we yep. we both agreed on number one and th- at the end of the day uh beautiful we both agreed on what was the best did you have an overall number two you put me on the spot uh yeah. i probably have to think about it i don't know if i could choose an overall number two right now i'd have to go back through my list and like rank those i didn't go as in depth as you did but uh, definitely i had a number one and i had a number one pretty early on yes i mean absolutely beautiful well we have covered things pretty thoroughly i think if we've you've made it this far yeah and uh Kudos to you guys. Thanks for listening. We went uh, longer than Lou Reed and Metallica's Lulu. I'll say that. And that's saying something, guys. Yeah. Um, well, h- how do we even end this? Like, what a slab of music. I hope we get is. to do it again. I mean, I hope to be yeah. on again with, with you two. And uh, this was a lot of fun. It, it was a long process. We went yep. through a lot of uh, growing and a lot of emotions. And We really did. And during the time when we, we thought we were first going to do this to the to now, but we emerged on the other side, better people and, and, uh, had a, a clearer head to, to listen to this stuff. And this stuff, it hits different now. Like yeah, we, uh, we, we are better people, bef- better people as we grew and better people after listening to the blacklist. And, uh, I like to think Metalli- so. Metallica heels folks, Metallica heels. Yes. Do you have any future Metallica episodes you are hoping to do any topics Put, putting this out for Brandon instead of messaging him. You're talking to me. Any yeah. Future, I I would I I gotta. I have there's. I'm sure there's a million things I could. I would love to talk about. I definitely gotta hit him up. And uh, mm-hmm. I love being a guest on the show. I love uh I love talking to you guys. I love when we do it together. I love doing yes. this just with you. I love it with him. And uh, I am always more than happy to be a guest whenever oh. wanted slash needed. And I'm sure there's a million topics I would love to chime in on because I. Don't shut up a lot, as you could tell <laughs> from this podcast. But that's but that's, that's okay. The fun of it. Podcast. We like it's all about talking. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it out there, Brandon. Polar Music Prize. We are going to do this soon. Once your uh, once your newborn is um, a bit less newborn, I guess. But we're also recording this at the same time as you are doing your live Beatallica episode. So um, it's nice to see you back in the game even if it is only for a live stream per month, but look forward to hearing more Metallicast because I don't, you know, my Mondays have not been the same without you, man. 
And you and I got to connect, Richard, because you and yeah. I have been kind of had a lot of radio silence lately. So it's good to talk yeah. to you again. And uh, you've always been a, a confidant and a uh, thank you. Uh, someone who is an inspiration and someone who provides me motivation to uh, put my best foot forward. So we should definitely reconnect and talk about Absolutely. other topics that I'm sure I have on my mind. Thank you. Do you have any writing that you would like the Metallicast militia to, to check out? Well, uh, you guys can find my stuff, as I mentioned, at Distorted Sound. Uh, just type in Distorted Sound and then my name. And and just type in Distorted Sound in general. We have a, a lovely team of writers who are extremely talented. Same thing with Noisy. That's spelled N-O-I-Z-Z-E. I think it's actually pronounced noise, as they say, but I always call it noisy. Mm. Not to confuse it with the actual noisy, which is N-O-I-S-E-Y. But yes. N-O-I-Z-Z-E, guys, is how you find it. Um, both great metal mags that I write for out of the UK. Um, hoping to dip my toe into other stuff eventually yeah. um got to send out some pitches uh i'm sure richard can help me out with that but, oh, yeah. um i will be getting back into the game uh i've yeah. been away from the game for a little bit but i did some excellent interviews with like rivers of nile who dropped an amazing record this year i'm keen to hear um, that yeah i did a did piece re- somewhat recently with fear factory uh, i've done some really cool stuff lately so if you just check out my work on those two places uh, you'll see awesome. some cool stuff yeah, I myself have not been doing a lot of writing. Well, not a lot of like music journalism lately. I'm hoping to get back in the game more. But um, I am, yeah, I'm developing a couple of screenplays, which uh, are somewhat confidential topics. Not that anyone has any interest in them now, but I will, I, mean, I, I will tell you once we end this recording. Which, yes, I'm so proud of you, though. <laughs> um, I'm just proud of you as a human being. Oh, likewise. Yeah, we are all living our best selves, I hope. Mental health is important, guys. Take care of yourselves out there. Yeah, what what, what was it that Quiet Riot said about metal health? Like, I'm going to read that uh, out. That's how bang your health, bang your head, metal health will drive you mad. <laughs> Thank you. That is all we need to say. Metal up your ass, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fans not experts.